previously on AFTN. I think think they'll be a good team this year. Confidence high amongst them as well. If you speak to the players, they fully believe that they can do something this year. Not just squeeze into the playoffs, but actually be be content. Did you well. talk to any of their players? Yeah. Did you get a chance to sit down? I, was there any particular player I you wanted to talk to? Did you, I did didn't you get, really feel like talking did, to anyone. I, but I swear I saw a photo of someone in, like you in an embrace with one of their players. One of their players hugged me. All oh, right. It wasn't Eric. He saved the hugs yeah. for you. Yeah. Hey, hey, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio, 101.9 FM, broadcasting from the unceded Muscogee Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. I am Michael McCall. I'm Steve Pander. And I'm Zachary Adam Eisenheimer. So, sit back, grab your hand sanitizer, toilet roll of your choice if you've managed to get any, because <laughs> we're going to take you... To a galaxy far, far away. A galaxy where you can actually buy food in shops and necessities. I, I mean, have you? I take it you guys have been stockpiling for this uh, no, impending I apocalypse. But I went to Costco today. There was no toilet paper there. It was all gone. Uh, I went to Superstore. The only toilet paper there was the expensive one. So nobody, bought, nobody was buying that apparently. Um, but there was the, that was there. But every, all the rest of the toilet paper shelves were empty. I, I'm well stocked up because I, I was prepared. But yeah, it's it's kind of like when you watch The Walking Dead, End of the World, you don't see them fighting over toilet paper. No. That seems like maybe, the least. Maybe that's in the. the that the seems like the least DVD of issues. <laughs> yeah. The toilet paper. I know because it doesn't even make you shit yourself. No. <laughs> Is there not a shortage of people stocking up on like canned food and stuff? Yeah. That I, makes sense. I can understand that. I, is that happening? But, I don't no, see yeah. videos of that. Well, no, but oh, the thi- okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll you're, meant I'll to be, you're meant to stock up on canned food, rice, just in case you end up being quarantined for two weeks. So enough so food I'll to last me, for two weeks. I'll give you Obviously, that's a lot for you. I'll, I'll give you an example. I'll give you an example. Costco again. No toilet paper, but there was plenty of water. <laughs> for some reason, there was lots of well, water. Well, people are starting to buy bottled water now, right? Huh? That, that's what people are apparently. Well, they're starting to buy because they don't like the plastic, right? Isn't yeah, that what you're supposed to do? I don't know. I don't know either. I stopped buying it. I just drink it piss. It's fine. <laughs> don't you have to distill it or something? Is it the proper way to it's do a, it? It's my special kombucha. I'll, I'll bring some <laughs> next week. <laughs> but, I mean, we, we've we've talked for a while that we want to make AFTN go viral. <laughs> so Zach decided to take one for the team and go on a cruise. Yeah, I, I thought that was very brave That's of him. Still, you should cancel that, man. 
there was I should have had a I should have had a I should have known when they when I was reading through all the, the options entertainment and it was like come see some uh, soccer juggling skill, skills with Joe Corona <laughs> should have known something <laughs> was up. I mean, it's really terrible because Neil Diamond was meant to be on his cruise ship doing the entertainment as well, but he's not allowed to sing Touching Me, Touching You anymore. He's got to keep a six-feet difference. <laughs> but thankfully, the football is still on. We are going to talk actually seriously about the, the coronavirus and the impact it might have on football and the impact it is having mm-hmm. on football in, in part three. But there there was a, a corona that was sent away from LA this weekend. <laughs> He was a virus to the galaxy. He got a, a red card in the second half. Joe Corona, who I really hope the Galaxy fans have a song. Joe Corona. I don't know if they do, but... They should. They definitely should. Because what a difference a week makes. This time last week, we were kind of a little bit doom and gloom. It's like, oh God, there's 33 games to go. When will this season end? Now I'm like, woohoo, 32 games to go. I can't wait. Get the next game going ASAP. Because I don't know what happened, but the Whitecaps went to LA and for the second time against the Galaxy, came away with a win. Now, I think something that the Whitecaps have done throughout their MLS era is surprise, both in a good and a bad way. They've often gone out and disappointed, not winning matches that you feel that they should win, especially at home. Then they go out and they win matches that you don't give them a chance in on the road, like the 4-0 win in Dallas, and then Galaxy last year, the 4-3 win. I don't know about you guys, I didn't see this one coming. No, no, no doubt, and uh, especially when you posted your prediction, I felt like Mm. going right away, I wish I knew where to bet money. On oh, the Whitecaps. Yeah. And if what I had your, money to bet on What was your prediction? Three or four nil to the Galaxy. Oh. Yeah, I... Uh, I too... I'm... <laughs> I'm more disappointed in the result because it has seen me exit the AFTN last man standing competition because I took I took LA... Oh, as soon as I heard the, the rain There's news, a lot crashed out this weekend, yes. especially after the LAFC result yes. tonight as well. As, yeah. The and Seattle, and, Sia- and the Flounders. It lasted four weeks last year. Aha! Uh-huh. Oh, no, this again. was like this oh. was years ago. Four weeks, and this is something when you run it in Scotland, it runs for like half the season. Yeah, no, MLS I, I, is just so unpredictable. That's my my biggest my biggest disappointment with the result. I went out in week one because Did I you? picked the Whitecaps. Yeah, well, that was. Well, I thought we'd get off to winning. So start. you went out because you picked the Whitecaps. Yes. I went out because I went against the Whitecaps. <laughs> Oh, those pesky white caps. I just keep picking against Cincinnati. Yeah, you didn't even pick this yeah. week. I did. I didn't see I your thought name. I posted it. I didn't see your name. I, I've told you before I was going to pick against Cincinnati yeah. every week. But I, and I, I, think we let, I think we let him go. We know him. I, I, I was, yeah. was going to post I'll it. double check uh, that. I, don't, I checked tonight to see if you'd post it. I didn't see your I, name. I, I hit post. I don't know what which, happened. Which then. name did you use? <laughs> I used my name. Which The regular name. Oh. There's no other name. <laughs> he used as Steve Pander. <laughs> yeah. No, no, I call you different names. That's why. That's what I'm doing. Yeah, some of the names that Zach calls them as well, guys, you just don't want it here. <laughs> it's it's pretty bad. But Saturday night was one of those latter examples where they went on the road and they pulled off a surprise. It was an excellent team performance. 1-0 win over the Galaxy. They looked a better team for much of the game. Kept a clean sheet. And aside from a, a few moments at the start of the second half where they were a little bit under the cosh, throwing bodies at everything and clearing the ball out the box... They did look relatively untroubled. 
But before we delve into the game, just what what are your feelings coming out of it? Did, just a, mainly about the performance. Did, did you feel it was a, a good team performance? I, I felt it was a good performance for w- w- what they were at and where they needed to be. Like they, they needed to play like that in order to get a result. Um, it wasn't what you're looking for for this team down the road uh, when yeah. everything clicks in. Or well, when you saw the lineup, I mean, yeah. that, that was a big surprise they for needed, one thing. They needed to play this way where they're careful, they don't go overboard, and they try to get something um, spectacular at the end. That's what I was hoping for. I have trouble calling the performance good. The result, yeah, the result is amazing. I don't think the performance was like, wow. Like you felt like L- it wasn't wild, but I felt they worked think, hard. Do you think if they, they a, if they had if, if they were going to do a wild performance, if they were going to try to do a wild performance, they would have lost no three to four, no, three prob- or four nil. Yeah, probably. if they tried to, because they would opened up all the lanes and everything like that. People, they would have been cut through. They no. had to play like that in order to get. A I've result. also got to say, no, as well, the galaxy looked exactly the gal. Bad. I mean, I don't remember how many, we were in the WhatsApp chat. I don't remember how many times yeah. we're like, I can't believe Ale- Katai missed that. I can't yeah. believe Pavon skied that. Like to me, it was like L.A. was more poor than the Whitecaps were. Like really that good. I just felt that they. they I mean, they're full credit for the win. Hard. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, I, I just felt they worked hard and they were on the same page, which is maybe what we didn't see in the KC game. Now, I mean, we talked about some of the surprises in the lineup. The big news pre-game mm-hmm. was the, the team selection. Jordi Reyna didn't travel. He has the common cold. The team <laughs> is very keen to stress it is not the coronavirus. I, I'm i still sick myself. I've had a chest cold for like four weeks. It's just simply not going away. That you Sucking got while you were in Scotland? friend tonight. <laughs> so hopefully that's going to help me. Is this a cold you got in Scotland? It is, yeah. But we didn't have any COVID-19 any, yeah. COVID when I was there. We do now in Fife, actually. I don't know if that's connected. I'm, I'm sure it's not. <laughs> but, yeah, Jordy Reyna just has the cold. And I didn't speak to him at training this week, so I'm pretty sure that he's okay. I did speak to Jake Nerwinski, though, and then he missed the game. Was it a hamstring or was it something Yeah, else? I didn't kick him in his hamstring. So. <laughs> it, it, apparently it was the last, like, seconds yeah, the last of seconds training. Yeah, last seconds of training on yeah. Friday. He just felt a hamstring strain. But that's unfortunate for him, but it seemed to have been a good thing for the team. I, I didn't, like, when, when Reyna was missing, I didn't think it was that bigger loss really because I didn't think he played that well in the in the KC game. You know, he didn't play well in the KC game, but uh, over his time in Vancouver, he has been off and on. So like yeah, and, and he's one of the most talented of the big games, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's one of their most talented players and you're right. He does often play up to some of the the bigger opponents. Reina missing, so the team switched to 4-4-2 and it saw Ricketts coming in. I kind of had thought Ricketts might have come in from Dahomey, but being at training this week for a lot of the week, it was the same lineup that that they were going with that had played against KC. But Ricketts came in anyway, up top with uh, Cavallini in that four four two. Now Montero, we talked about last week. Would he maybe come in, play the number ten role, or or something like that? Now you'd think if Reyna was out of the team, Montero would then be the natural choice to come in, and they would keep the four two three one. But the feeling is he cannot give the team what they need defensively and put in that defensive not, shift. Not so, only defensively, but uh, pressure-wise. Yeah. He does not have the pace. Yeah. He yeah. doesn't have the pace. So MDS feels just can't trust him to do that hard work rate. So his role is simply going to be super sub and maybe the odd start over the, the course of the season. And the problem is when he does try to do hard work, he gives up penalties. I'm looking forward to you guys talking to him and hearing like about what his plans are for next year. <laughs> He has no contract next. He's going to be expanding his coffee shop. 
Now, another big change was that Andy Rose came in in the centre-back for Cornelius. Now, that was something that they did do at training all week. Right. And I, I saw that when I was there on Wednesday and I was like, oh, that's an interesting one. Because it then had followed, MDS had been on the radio, talking about he felt he needed a little bit more experience in that back line and in particular, more communication. And Derek Cornelius is a bit of a quiet guy. Yeah. Now, if I was going to drop one of the two, I would have maybe thought Kamiri might have been the guy that, that dropped out. That's what I was thinking. I thought Kamiri would be the guy Full that credit dropped. to Kamiri. Nice. Rose brought the best out of Kamiri, and that's the best we've seen Kamiri play. Yeah. Kamiri might be my new nickname for you. <laughs> but I thought Andy Rose, I mean, he did, he did well coming in as well, and it, it paid off back there. I felt Rose was a contender for man of the match, but, and he came in and he did what, what MDS wanted. But going in, I did not – did you feel good about it? No. Okay, yeah, because going no. in, I was just like, well, this is not good for D- DC's confidence, and I don't think this is good for the team, which was ended up being wrong, yeah. ultimately by the result. But I mean, it was a bit of a surprise when I saw him in the pitch because I thought, that's a strange one. Mm-hmm. Because, you, I mean, you know, like – Ranko has finally arrived. I believe he arrived on Saturday. Godoy did some light training on Friday. Both are obviously needing to get their fitness levels up, so they're probably still going to be a, a few weeks away, but they should be here on the pitch sooner rather than later. But, I mean, Rose did well. And I'm not saying Rose is going to be your starting centre-back by any means, but I feel more comfortable if we're going with Rose and Kamiri for the next couple of weeks than if you'd said to me a week ago... You know what we're going to do for the rest of March? We're going to go with Andy Rose and Jasser Kamiri. But, but what does that do to D- the DC? Well, he, like his confidence, his morale. He is in this under twenty three Canadian fifty man provisional. Right. Maybe they, roster. maybe they so did he that. May go away with it. Yeah, maybe, maybe the Santos put it to him to say, "Listen, you're going to go away anyways. It seems like let's we got to get these two guys to, on the same page right now before we we move on." So. Maybe they, he, they, yeah. they, they so he doesn't he doesn't lose that confidence. But I mean, the communication definitely seemed better back there, and I mean, much has been made about the Caps being the youngest roster in MLS, average age of twenty four point one, only four players that are aged thirty or over, and none of them are, are regular starters. And the rationale being that the team needs to be young and fit to play the way that MDS wants them to. Like we talked about Freddie not being able to do that. MDS wants him to press hard from the get-go to the final whistle, put in a shift for 90 minutes. And while that's all well and good, and I've said this all off-season, I said it last season, I'm still saying it, I do believe you need a veteran presence on the field. And a a lack of leadership was evident against KC. And I know you can say, what is leadership? You don't need to be old to be a leader. But sometimes the experience you've got yeah. in the game can help. I think the guy that they're waiting for is Godoy. I think Godoy would be the, the marshal in the back mm. line. Because um, he's been playing pro since he was 18. Yeah. And, but, go ahead. No, but yeah, here's one of the other things. I can't remember if we talked about it last week or maybe it was Joe and his posse in the pregame show. Uh, since last year, uh, MDS has been saying we need MLS experience. Yeah. And now we've gone but he's into just the- not being able to get that done because of what is demanded in terms of trades or GAM, TAM and all that for for MLS players. 
because there, there's been a high price on yeah. some of those players. But I mean, you can't you can't come out and say that's one of our number one priorities and then fail at it. Yeah. And and also you also have to look into the Espindola factor, where maybe the players don't want to come to Vancouver, so you yeah. want to be careful about that. Yeah. You don't well, want to trade for somebody. You definitely want, want to a player that wants to, to be. To be yeah. fair, Espindola wasn't he didn't want to come to Vancouver? Was he already had a deal to go somewhere else? Possibly. But I know what you're saying. I know yeah. what you're saying. I'm pretty though. sure he didn't want to come. Yeah, he didn't want to come well. to Vancouver either. I, like the third big change was that late scratch of Nowinski that we talked about, meaning that Gianni Obicco came in for his MLS debut. And we'll talk more about him in, in the second part, but I mean, he put in a, a, a hell of a shift. And for somebody it, it, who they didn't think was even fit, he, to go. Yeah. I mean, he looked a little bit shaky at the beginning. He Initially, had some dodgy moments, yeah. but you're right. In the end, it was like it was like you could see him figuring them out throughout the yeah. match. And, and by the end, and he was considering solid. at times he was going against Pavon too. Yeah, uh, so yeah. Was, and, and he spoke this week that that wasn't his favorite position either. So I mean, that was great. Now, if let's get into some of the hits and misses of the match. Now, the first half was peppered by each side surviving huge let-offs. Mm-hmm. Katai really should have headed early ahead early on. Absolutely. But then in bomb completely fucked up an absolutely great Whitecaps break. Four guys against two defenders. It was three on two, and then the homies coming in at, yeah. at the back. And he, for me, it was poor decision making, but also poor pitch awareness as yeah. to what was going on around him. You could even see selfishness as well. Well, yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I mean, my 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 thoughts were divided. Was is he being selfish? Or is he that unaware of the space and the player running towards it? I don't or know. was it just a poor hit? Did no, the hit? defender no, blocked. He was closed, no, yeah, he was, was closed never, down. There was never even a shot. The shot didn't look like it was on, yeah. 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 Now, Graham took on Twitter had said, oh, he couldn't have made the pass because Cavallini and Ricketts had gone offside. But no. I watched it back no. and I, I slowly put it forward. He had time to make the pass. He had time to make the pass then, but the better but pass was the home he cut... To the yeah. to the right, that's when they'd gone offside. But yeah, yeah. But by that point, Dahomey was racing in. Yeah, and I feel a ball into him with a. Can you touch? In. Can you touch Graham? He's Scottish, isn't he? Yeah, but, but also Dahomey would play a phone over. But. No, but but Graham, the thing is, Graham, like, you, you, you don't know in that situation whether his view was blocked of Dahomey. Maybe he didn't see Dahomey. Yeah, maybe because he was behind him. So it's, maybe although it's hard not to see Dahomey with the. Blonde yeah, his hair. I, yeah. I was joking about Graham. He's a great guy. He may, maybe just didn't see him. I mean, that was a huge let off yeah. for LA. But then the Whitecaps got an even bigger one when, like, the only real possible calamity in the defense was. Oh, yeah. Max comes racing out of his box to try and clear the ball. All I can hear is my cough speak moving about my mouth as I talk here. Is that, that doesn't sound like a fisherman's friend. No, it's a no. holes. No. I, I go for this strong stuff. Max comes racing out of the box. To clear the ball, but Bickle gets to it first, either not hearing the shout or probably not expecting your goalkeeper no, to be racing that, I think that's 30 secondary. yards out of the, out yeah. of the box. And, and it's their first time playing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and then like, it was a poor clearance. It falls to Sasha Cleshton. Take a touch. An open goal, but no, he just like hit it. Yeah, he's no Scott McTominay. Talk about like in bomb fucking one up. That was a massive You're just loving that the explosive. I know, I'm just get, getting, all, get it all getting all my fucks out early. Well, just like MDS and the, MDS in the 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 clip the, they showed the of the halftime show. Oh, oh, the pre the pregame was it? I thought they did oh, the halftime too. Yeah, yeah. pregame yeah. and halftime. Yeah. Like I loved that. <laughs> For me, I wouldn't even beep that because that that just shows you the passion. I I bought into that. I was ready to go out and like kick some galaxy ass. I was 
<laughs> I was wondering if for all the F-bombs that there were many Fs going to be given by, by the players. Yeah. But, but well, I was he, wrong. He yeah. got them riled up and he was spot on with his halftime analysis as well. Now, Andy Rose crash went off the bar. That was pretty much all the first half action. Second half, LA obviously did get a, a kick up the ass themselves because they came out looking a lot hungrier. Yeah. But I have to say about Chicharito, now everything was built for this game around Chicharito. It was his home debut, blah, blah, blah. He'd make the rounds on the late night shows and everything. Yes. Yeah. And he's, he's been at a lot of apparently NHL games and NBA games and yeah, he was. stuff like that as Things well. Things you do in retirement. Yeah. He didn't speak to the media after this. Yeah, one. I heard there about that. There was a lot of camera and media waiting for him. And 45 people not or something. To, yeah. Not to talk. That's not... That's just going to so make folk on. go into the locker room to get him. Yeah. So, I mean, that's going to... Like, for all Zlatan's faults, and we'll come to that a little bit later in this section, or like later on, he always spoke to the media, yeah. win or lose, but then he did like to hear himself talk. I heard Vela did the same thing last week. He didn't talk he after oh, the goal. Really? I mean, if Chicharito had just gone come up, giving them each a hug, they would have all been happy. He didn't look good. To be fair, he wasn't getting service, but I thought the Whitecaps dealt with him excellently. And apart from that start to the second half, where it was a little bit of pressure and they were kind of throwing bodies at the ball, they weren't under any pressure. Then the goal. Tossing rickets, but great work by Raposo, first of all. Yeah, Ryan Raposo. Give and go. Oh, little flick. He, he set Ari up the Adnan. penalty too. Yeah. Later, like came later. And then Adnan hits the byline, plays that across, well, cuts it back to, to Ricketts. Lovely finish by Ricketts as well, because Bingham's a open bit up his body, open up his foot, yeah. and it, Great stuff. And you saw and, it meant to toss. And honestly, and I know people are going to make me fun of it, but the the work by Cavallini not to touch the ball, not to get involved in that, yeah. that's huge. Because you have a you natural reaction to you get your to. foot on it yeah. too, but you would have been offside. He stayed completely away from that shot. That's not easy to do for a striker that wants to score. Yeah, I mean, one note of the Cats by that point, I was stunned. Were you cock-a-hoop? I was cock-a-hoop. Now this next part is where I got nervous. Yeah. <laughs> Because the White Cats had a man advantage about a minute later when Corona went off. He did go over the ball and he caught Russell, who was in the wars in that half, yeah. in the ankle. You thought it was a straight I, thought it was a, I didn't see a second yellow getting given. No, I was. only saw the red. It was a second yellow. But it was officially I, a second yellow. What was his yellow. first yellow? I don't remember his first yellow. His first yellow was like a cynical Tackle foul. The first half. Like it was yeah. a cynical, like grabbing somebody. As You'll regret that. I mean, he was on to homie. Obviously, the headlines were going to write themselves yeah. with, with Corona. What was yours? You did one. Well, I... Mine's was, and I, I've got actually Jonathan uh, Lord JD Vancouver. Or, oh, or Jordan, yeah. Jordan Smith. Yeah. Uh, he gave me this headline, which was "Ricketts deadlier than Corona in LA." <laughs> I would have done Corona's ills uh, cause Galaxy to lose or something like that. Corona ills. There's going to be like. a lot of jokes for him this year, poor guy. But it was a definitely sending off. But that that just seemed to give a little bit of life to LA because. Yeah, like Steve said, you get worried then because the Whitecaps, do they sit back? Do they push for the second goal? They got the chance. They got a penalty. Great ball from Raposo. Ricketts, there was contact, but to me it did look like Ricketts put his foot mm, and leg out no, into That's a natural Gonzales's. motion to go for. No, yeah. that's a natural motion. I don't, I don't know if you went I, into him, but it, it felt the... Uh, if I, it was the opposite, I'd no, have been like... Oh. No, because he was running straight yeah. and... and, and you you guys told me so many times you have to be responsible for where your feet are if you're the defender. You can't I'll, run into people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I've seen it yeah, in yeah. World yeah. Cups where somebody somebody's foot's just there 
and the 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 kicker kicked the ball, and it just happened to yeah. go through the guy's foot, and 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 then they get called a penalty. So that's a, for me, stone cold penalty. I love how Steve remembers things that we've told. No, him. I you I, he, I remember those things yeah, all the time. True. Yeah. That's true. I, I yeah. He's like my dad. He can remember things from ages ago. Asking what happened a minute ago in the show, you have no idea. Oh, you said fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he just wanted to get one in there. Oh man! But then we got the penalty. Now it wasn't Ali Adnan. Bad, but it was pretty damn close to that. It was, yeah. It was. He scuffed it. He and went for course, between the legs again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Bingham must be like <laughs> Mexican. Oh, this is fantastic. What do you say about Mexican keepers? You thought? Oh, it was I Mexican thought he was. I, I think he's just used to Mexican keepers because they're so easy. They keep their legs wide open. <laughs> um. Yeah. I. I, I had to because you, like you your feed was a little ahead of mine. Oh yeah. So we were texting and I didn't know. The, and I was like, "Oh, what happened?" Because Michael just said something, and I look and it's the penalty was given. And so then I had to turn my phone over to see what was going to happen. It was an absolute shocking. I think you said it was penalty. a terrible. Yeah, terrible. it was really, really. Bad. I think you just expected him to go one way. and yeah. He never went. Yeah. Well, B- Bingham's were like, "Ah, oh, I'll just stand still." It worked last year. <laughs> But that, that's, that was but, the game. But apparently he did this in against Minnesota, the penalty. He went right down the middle, and maybe they said they, they had scouted that or something like that. Oh, right, oh. in the preseason. The Minnesota game. Yeah. They had, he had oh, gone right down the middle. He scored it at that time. The dejection on Cava's face, though, kind of said it all. We'll come to come to yeah. him later in the show. Before we get into any more of the match, so I want to just play a little bit of audio. There's not too much tonight from both head coaches. Listen to this, and then we'll, we'll talk about it. Disappointment with the the result. Uh, I think we don't deserve to lose today. But sometimes in, in the in the soccer, <clears throat> it's not about who deserves to win or, or to get something. It's about who scored it. They got it just only one shot, uh, and they scored uh, in the first shot they had in, to the to goal. And we had some uh, some option in the first half, especially, but we couldn't. Um, I think we don't get the nervous. We trying, but uh, they get surprised us in the 73 minutes when they score. I think uh, everyone is waiting for the Chicharito goal, and everyone will ask me about uh, the Chicharito if go is no is no scored during the game. I think uh, I am more wor- worried about the result tonight. Them, if Chicharito score or not, because I know he's a, uh, he's a regular striker. Uh, uh, we have just two two games and he could score, but we we expect he score in the next game. Uh, we we can put the ball in the in the box uh, a lot of the time, but we couldn't find him. And we will try in the next game. The way we 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 worked and our principles from preseason and how we applied it um, was the way we have to be and we didn't see that against Sporting but we had an incredible reaction today I think you know not only in the intensity of our work and the intensity of how we closed down the the way we 
we prepared for this game trying to, to eliminate in their build-up Jonathan and being very aware in the box of a player like Chicharito, uh, being aware of Pavon in transition, uh, that I think Bickle did a great job there. Our centre-backs did a good work on uh, Chicharito. And we knew the first 15 minutes would have a, a big hype. Um, and we, we tried to control that the best way possible, not, not backing off. Then we scored a deserved goal. I feel we, we, we played a, a good game and we scored a good goal. Then we have the, the, the possibility for the 2-0. When we don't score, it brings a lot of uh, emotion and belief to the stadium. But then I think even the, the substitute players that came in, the, the players that came in to help, did a good job. And today we fully deserve the three points. Talk a little bit about the, the very beginning, uh, the tone was set right away. Yeah. It was, uh, it was what we work on since day one. And if you come to big games like that and you don't set the tone, big teams like the Galaxy are going to slowly impose their game and you have to make it uncomfortable for them. That's what we were not, not able and we didn't do against Sporting and we did today. And if we do that, we'll always have a chance to win. The gaffer's there. And as Steve pointed out when we were listening to that, where was Skelato recording that? Was it a cave? <laughs> yeah, not not great audio from, from the LA side. And I don't know if anyone's watched the actual audio of MDS on the Whitecaps website post-game. He was touching his face a lot, so you need to get him to stop doing that in this, this day and age with the coronavirus. You can't be doing that. And I, I, I noticed every time I touch my face now, Every time I like like uh, like try to scratch my eye or touch my nose or something, I'm immediately like trying to stop myself from doing it. Yeah. But it's such a habit. The eyes are hard. Yeah, my wife's really bad for for doing that as well. And touching your face? It. No, she never oh. touches me. We've got a six foot exclusion zone. <laughs> Let's look at some of the positive aspects of the game just to to round this part off that we haven't already looked at. Now we've ragged a little bit on Ali Adnan in the past, especially last week. I thought he had an excellent game, both defensively. A couple of times, maybe a little bit out of position. And offensively, again, he he looked really good. So I thought that was a, a good performance by Ali. Ryan Raposo, as we touched on there, what a debut. An assist on the goal, through ball for the penalty. He looked like a lively spark all night when he came on. I don't think we can really talk about him maybe being a starter just yet. I, I think having a guy like that coming off the bench is fantastic. Spark plug, man. Yeah. yeah. Anyone else you kind of thought deserved praise you already mentioned Bickle mm-hmm. uh, Tyber oh Tyber actually let, let's just mention Rusty he put in a hell of a shift that was a workman like performance and he was in the wars quite a bit I thought as well and Milinkovic again had another solid game yeah. I thought everybody everybody has solid games it's just it's really them connecting they haven't really connected right now on the pitch yeah. together like uh, I, I think everybody's individually having good games but once they have started having good games together yeah. and connect that part of it then I think they're really the, there were a couple of players I had a few concerns about but we'll come to that and a few more things about the Whitecaps after this
Hi, I'm Mark Dos Santos, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM. Broadcasting from the unceded Muscoon Territory at the University of beautiful British Columbia. And I don't know about you, but right here, right now, we're having a Horoy Alley. That was Pete and Diesel there, our Artists of the Month in residency for March. The opening song from their second album, Light My Buyer, that came out at the end of January. don't know if I explained last week what a buyer was. It's a, a cow shed in, in Scotland. And you're getting to learn some more Gaelic as well in, in that song. That'll be something you can talk about learning at the end of the show, Zach. Horoy <laughs> Alley means an impromptu party, a shindig. And I think we all had one of those on Saturday night. I'm not sure many folk were expecting to have a party to celebrate a Whitecaps win. But that is a, indeed what we did. And there were three debutants for the Whitecaps on Saturday. Raposo, we, we just talked about. Leo Owusu made a, a brief late cameo. And yeah, we, we touched about it in part one. What a first game for Janio Travis Bickle. Yeah, last second add-on. And Travis! Travis Bickle, taxi driver. No, I know. We did this last week. No, no, I know. <laughs> Has that caught on other than in your own mind? Just in my head. Okay. Most things are in my head. No one's like hashtagging you Travis Bickle. Not yet. Okay. Wait till we get the song going. Okay. Speaking of Bickle, uh, I, I, you know, p- playing not only in his debut, but in a position, like you said before, he doesn't like. It's his secondary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. It's not that he doesn't like it. It's his least favourite of the positions. Of the two he positions yeah. he plays. Yeah. He, can, he can play central midfielder as well, but he's, he's primarily a DM. And... He has played a lot of right back, and before he came over here, his last two games with CSK Sofia in Bulgaria, he played right back, and he kept a, a clean sheet. CSK. Do, 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 do. So, I mean, he looked good. I was worried that he might not be good to go the full 90, and then I wasn't sure what the team was going to look like after that. Like, would we have Georges McAlumbo come in? Would we try yeah. to go three at the back? Or He's no uh, Brett Levi's. He made it the yeah. full 90. I mean, the, the only pickle that Bickle got in was that little mix-up with Max. So, uh, sorry if I'm, I'm jumping ahead here, but I just really quick before I forget, because so you had George as a backup right back on the bench. Mm-hmm. You had Jordy Reyna at home. One of the other things in the team, uh, I don't know if you have an explanation for, aside than having the right kinds of backups in the right spots, 
is, uh, I believe there was no Theo Bear in the 18. Yeah, I think Raposo had taken his, his place, yeah. I thought Bear had had, like, I was only at one day's training yeah. this week, and the day that I was at, Bear had a, a fairly good session. And last week, he outperformed Raposo at training, which is why he was on oh, the bench. Okay. And I'm thinking Raposo probably outperformed him this week at, at training. He certainly did in the pitch. I mean, oh, yeah, Raposo. Yeah, I mean, you, you want these guys, when they get their opportunity, to take it, and he took it. And, yeah. like, Bear did that last year. Yeah, and but the thing is, I'd like to see... Bear and remember, Bear, I think Bear is still younger than Raposo, or are they probably the similar age now. I don't no, know. He might be actually. Oh, uh, but 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 I personally would rather see Bear and Raposo on the bench and leave Montero at home. Uh, personally, that's <laughs> Steve. Like I, you're reading my thoughts. Okay. Like I think, yeah. If you really want to move forward, that's that's the better way forward in terms of players and player development and whatever. Yeah, but, but is it the better way forward for getting? goals and input because Freddie's experience and what he did but as a super sub last year I'm not sure that we would get that I think in this regularly I think I think in this I think this game if you had put on Theo Theo Bear uh, when they brought in the Colombian I don't think you would have seen any difference in the result yeah that's true because a couple of minutes and he didn't really seem to do much I mean we talked about the centre-back battle in in part one that that there's possibly going to be the right back one could also be interesting to watch. Part of it could depend how the centre-back one goes because obviously Godoy can come in and play right back and he did well at the end of last season. Bickle looked really good there. You have to think, though, that he is going to end up playing DM. And right now, Jake Narinsky, who did well against KC, got the goal. You have to say it's his his spot to lose. Would you agree? No. No? No. I don't, I don't, I tend to agree with what you hear a lot. What you've heard a lot of this off season mm. uh, from the masses in that Jake Nowitzki is an outstanding individual, nice uh, human being, but uh, he, him as a start as your starter right back in MLS is probably uh, probably speaks to something of the ambition of your club, and I, so I think that that the Whitecaps could and probably should do better. And I'm, so I'm not sure if Bickle or Godoy are going to be that, but I, I, I don't think it's Jake's to lose kind of thing. Got a chance, chance to catch up with Jake at training this week just to kind of talk about how the team's looking just now and just his own kind of off-season and, and getting ready for this season. So let's just hear from Jake just now. So, Jake, when you went to bed on Friday night, you'd have been dreaming of a win, but did you imagine you'd get the first goal of the season? Uh, yeah, I always imagined it. No. <laughs> no, to be honest, uh, no. Um, you know, I knew that Mark wants me to play higher up the field this year, and he wants me to take my chances when I see him. And for some reason, I don't know why, I, I knew that ball was going there, yeah. so I made that run inside the six, and it was you know, a great play by David. I was oh, just there to finish it. We were all like, why is there a fullback in this yeah, shot box? Yeah, it made no sense, right? I'm surprised I didn't get yelled at yet. If, <laughs> if there wasn't a goal, I would have been yelled at. Like, talking about playing higher, that, w- that was one of the things I wanted to talk to you about. It was very noticeable yeah. uh, inside this game. You got forward so much. It was probably, I think, one of the best, if not your best, offensive performance that, that we've seen from you. So that is what Mark's asked you to do, like just to, to get forward and press more. And Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's the style that we play now. It's the style that he wants to play. 
and it's also having trust in your guys when you go forward that you know you're going to have that backup in the defense. You know, I know I trust Yasser to, you know, clean up anything if I get forward and, you know, it doesn't come to me and it gets down in our end. Um, it also puts a lot more demand on me for running. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, about fitness-wise. Like, yeah. Uh, have you had to put in extra fitness stuff? To be honest, this is the fittest I've ever been. And, you know, I've, I've worked with the strength coach, uh, you know, John Poley, in the off-season a lot and in preseason. And, you know, we got to the point where we're really happy with our amount right now. I feel good running up and down the field, so that, you know, enables me to get forward more. Now, Mark kind of talked about it yesterday, that you've, you've looked at the game as a team and you, you just don't know really what was behind the difference between how you played pre-season and how you played Saturday. Some of the players after the game talked about, like, pressure of the first game, being at home, ha- like, arriving, having all those fans outside. Was there a feeling that amongst the squad that you had... What was it like an over pressure that you had to get off to a good start? Yeah, I think it was just a lot of emotions. I think it was a lot of, I don't know if we were pressure, but we were anxious to do well because we know it was such a disappointing season last year. Yeah. So we wanted to come out, you know, just, and we wanted to win. We wanted yeah. to do well. And we, I think we, in our minds, we forgot about the tactics that we wanted to follow because we were so, you know, caught up with, you know, we need to score, we need to win. We need to, you know, we want the fans to be happy, and I think we need to just get back to, you know, preseason where there was there was no fans to be honest, you know, and it was yeah. just like we were focusing on our tactics, and that's why we were playing so well. So I think we got that first game out of the way. It's unfortunate we didn't get three points, but you know now we get to really learn from it, and we get to get back to you know how we played in preseason. Arriving at the stadium, I know it's a new tradition that the club are starting this year. How was that for you? Because like, it seemed a massive throng of folk. One of my writers was there and did a piece about it. It was his first ever time being on a march. and just to, He was blown away by it. And Mark talked yesterday about he's never seen anything like that. How, how did it feel for you getting off the bus? Yeah, I'm going to be honest. That was probably the best experience I've had in you know, being a part of a professional football club. My soccer life, really. You know, just getting off the bus, you know, the crowds surrounding the bus, getting off and seeing all those fans so excited for us. It was awesome. It was a great feeling. When you look at the start of the season, I know Mark doesn't like to look too far ahead. He's like a one game, a time kind of guy. I don't know if you are as well, but the first 10 games, first two months, it's so tough. And then there's that four game road spell where you're doing Cascadia and San Jose and then Toronto. Toronto. Getting off to a good start, getting those points on the board, is that something that's been talked about to try and get as many points on the board before you hit this tough away spell? Yeah, I think it's, we talked about getting points at home, especially. We want BC Place to be a hard place to play for any team. And that's what, you know, Mark did stress at the beginning of the year. We want to make sure that we capitalize on all the time that we're home, that we don't have to travel, you know, cross country, cross continent, really, you know. And I think that's important. And this was a big missed opportunity last Saturday. I know Mark's frustrated at the delay and getting some of the, the guys in. They're starting to arrive. I know Rank is coming soon as well. Getting the chemistry up, do you think it'll still take a few weeks before the new guys can integrate into the team? Or do you think they'll, they'll be able to fit in pretty quick? No, I mean, you know, even the new guys that have come, you know, um, Baikal and Owosu, uh, I think they've already been integrated. You know, they're coming in, they're training hard. They're good guys, good locker room guys. And they want to win too. You know, you can tell that from their training. They yeah. they put in hard tackles. You know, sometimes maybe a little too hard, but you know, you gotta love it. You gotta love the intensity that they bring. So I think no, I, I don't think there's a lack of chemistry right now. I think it's just a lack of you know putting it all together. Yeah. 
So yes, yeah, going to be very interesting to see just how this right back spot does kind of play out over the the course of this season. But Bickle looked good there. That was one of the positives, and it wasn't all positives from from Sadie. There were a few less positive aspects, and we'll kind of delve into some of those. Now the midfield was better this week, but for me, it's still lacking some bite. Yeah. Dong's deal should be announced next week, according to numerous ports out of Korea. Assuming he's not quarantined, because. Uh, like in, in all seriousness, I don't know what testing they're going to be, be doing for, for the Korean players and, and stuff. But, I mean, that should help. I think it's the most exciting dong since when you hear the Undertaker's uh, WrestleMania. Yeah, at WrestleMania. So you said the mid- midfield... Well, he showed up today, you know. Hmm. Oh, did he? Uh, you, you said the midfield improved. <laughs> when the bar, the bar is pretty low for... Yes. <laughs> yeah. I didn't think it was that that impressive. No, but I, but they were again outnumbered. They should have three yeah, people in there. Yeah. They only have two, and that's the problem. They were outnumbered. Tybert did work well. Awusu is hopefully going to be the go-to soon, and I wonder then if that is when they'll then switch to four-three-three. I think so. I, I, I think it is going to make a lot of it. sense then. In in bomb though, not liking what he's bringing so far. But again, I think if he if there's a third person in there that's pushing play and, and like a Wusu would and, and 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 having to do those tackles and having to put in the defensive shift where Inbaum doesn't have, maybe have to do it as much, maybe that changes everything. I, I don't I maybe he doesn't play well in a four four two. Maybe it's not his maybe. style. He got a high rating on who scored, and he had, I think it was 89% completion of his passes. So, in that regard... It's the final great. third passing. Yeah, well, but it's it's the, again, it's the eye test for me. Maybe I just need my eyes tested. I'm not seeing stuff, but... Maybe uh, Hong needs to go back to the number four, because this number six doesn't seem to be working out so well. Hmm. I don't think he's the number six. I don't know why he's playing in that position. No, but he switched his jersey number. Oh, right, right, okay. <laughs> well... A jersey number that's kind of haunted the White Caps, and the Emily series no, the number seven. nine jersey. Oh, and number nine. I, yes. Oh, and then number seven as well. Yeah, which brings us to the attack. Any concerns over Kava so far? I'd, he should be on three goals by now if he take all his chances. Obviously, it's way too early to to hit the panic button on him. And we saw him play well pre-season. We know what he can do. He's done it at a high level. But I do have. Constantly at the back of my mind that Vancouver's the place that strikers come to die. Uh, yeah, no, I d- don't disagree with your concerns there. I mean, going on the first two games of the, of the year, I'd be more concerned if I was a uh, like Le- Galaxy fan and uh, and their number nine and what he's done in those two games as opposed to what Kev has done in the two games. Yeah, I was watching one of the MLS previews on MLSsoccer.com and they were talking about, oh, you're probably not going to see the best of him until maybe getting into April, mid-April or something. It's like, he's a DP that's played at high level across the world. He's only 31 years old. He's not yeah. this, He's not 37 or but whatever. It's like, like I said when, when they signed him, it's like I've, I watched him at West Ham and he was a shadow of him for yeah. himself back then the, and was uh, reduced uh, to a sub so, so no, Kava, like it's disappointing because I really like him and I want him to be in peak form and match, you know, match fit yeah. and in good form for representing Canada. <laughs> That's what I care about the most with him. But uh, so it's been disappointing these both these games. But again, I would probably be more concerned if he hadn't had these opportunities. Yeah, and or I have the opportunities he had. The longer he, it yeah. goes on, I mean, he always says he doesn't feel any pressure and stuff like that. But it's gonna st- he's gonna start thinking. 
ah, oh, one of those should have gone in. And he 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 just looked deflated after the, after the missed penalty. And it could have cost him dear. Yeah. Because LA kind of just threw everything at the Whitecaps in the closing minutes, but again, failed to, to kind of generate anything. I'm not overly concerned at this point. Uh, it's just two games in. Uh, the, I didn't think... The first game, I w- wish he could have scored a goal, but the second game... I. I and the goal could have came from anywhere at this point, mm. like because they were they they weren't really going to provide service. They still, like I said, the midfield is not set up yet, so they don't have the service there. They seem to be doing really well coming from the wide areas, and it's just a matter yeah. of, of of maybe finding him in those in those situations. I thought this was the homies' best game as well that we've seen in a white cat shirt, but again, it's been quite a low bar on that. But I mean, he I thought he looked quite well. Yeah, he definitely looked better. Next up's Colorado. Kai Kamara comes back. How's Colorado doing this year? Not bad. We'll look at them next part. But yeah, pretty good. Unbeaten. 100% record. Two wins out of two. We'll let the preview guys fully kind of delve into their match. But from a Whitecats point of view, what kind of lineup? if everyone's kind of good to go, or as good to go as possible, some interesting decisions ahead for MDS. Do you see many changes? Uh, I do see some changes. I think they, they're they not going to uh, let people out because of injury. I think there will be – I think Jake could be back in the lineup um, because I, I don't think they want to put too much pressure on Bickle and Owusu mm. initially. They, they don't want to – because they, they, they're mentioning they're not fully fit. So yeah. do they really want to put them under that much pressure and, and possibly risk an injury if they're not fully fit? I, I'm wondering if they might go – Four three three next week. Oh, really? Because they're at home. You think and you go Bickle because Bickle went 90 yeah. minutes? Because I think they're going to think he's got that under his belt. He yeah. did well build on that. Yeah. And I think we'll see Bickle, Tiber, and Wong as in the as, as the three. Yeah. The centre-back one's the interesting one for me. Is Goodway ready to come back at yeah. this point? Well, he, he's light training. His match fitness, I don't think, is going to be there yeah. for... Yeah. He's going to have to get some... And Reiko was supposed to be in belt. town this weekend? Yeah, and again, he's going to take a little bit up. I'm just wondering if we're going to see Rose and Kamiri again. Is, is it going to be a, if it ain't broke, don't fix don't it, fix it yeah. kind of thing? And I think Rose played... Did he play centre-back against the Colorado last year? Or was he playing I don't midfield? I he had a couple of outings. I know he me? scored a goal. Yeah. He scored the winning goal against Colorado. Yeah, he did. Uh, so, I mean, if you go 4-3-3 as well, I mean, up front you're then looking at... Cavallini definitely and then there's a discussion David. to be had about De, like who the wingers are David and Raposo well, here's, here's the thing I mean did Ricketts do enough to earn himself a start he was, wasn't great in the I first half but he was not great in the second oh if you go 4-3-3 right yeah, yeah. No, that's in, a big in question in a 4-3-3 I would not put, uh, I, I just don't like Ricketts as a winger all the time I, I don't mind him he did it a lot at TFC. I know, yeah. but but I don't think he never started at wing. No, I think mo- he most of the time when he came sub. off yeah. as an impact sub, yeah. I, I this is a good question because I, I think we were talking pre-show or after at the break or well, one of the interviews around or whatever. But their approach, it feels like you know all the big talk out of week one was oh we were anxious with the nerves and blah 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 blah. That was like one of the de- decided talking points from the team. Um, it feels like th- this away game. Like, they weren't worried. They knew there was, mm. like, 5 to 10 or 20 Well, no one expected fans. them to yeah. do anything either. Yeah. And so and Skilato expect- actually talked about the pressure on his side. Totally. The expectations were low, and and they just went out and kind of got the job done. 
I'm a little concerned that, they, again, they come back to BC Place and there's too much pressure or they try and play too differently. Well, yeah, again, expectations are now going to be raised. My other concern is uh, the uh, well-being uh, of Max Crepo's head. That took a left foot to the face in, in, the, yeah, in the game. Yeah, he did take quite a heavy hit. I mean, yeah, he got he, up, they, they assessed him, but I mean, we were talking on, on the chat during the game. It's like, oh, I wonder if he's going to have to yeah. come off. Honestly, he, like just because you take a foot to the head, a lot of people have done that and they're fine. It's right. not an automatic that's a concussion. And goalkeepers he could have, have thick heads. And I mean, then he, Steve. he could have he could have also been playing possum or whatever you want to play. Say that, I, I and wondered slow that down the slow down the game. When he first that. went what, down, I what is he Wesley Charles? Until I saw the replay, and then I was like, "Oh, no, uh, no!" Exactly. When I saw the replay, I was like, "That's not a joke." So what what's the deal? Do, do, isn't there like protocols after to check? Well, yeah, I mean, sh- yeah, I mean the medical staffs pretty good uh, at the White Caps. They would have like they so would have had the doctor check him out if yeah, there was they'll, any they'll So they did during the game. Do they probably have to do after? They would have done that at halftime as well and I'd imagine right. they'd check it after and then when he gets into training So it's only well. if, you if like, he shows any Yeah, if he shows any concerns, signs yeah. then they have to go through the certain protocol. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I, anyways, I hope he's okay because I mean when that happened it was like oh, the game's over. Like Because that was before the goal, yeah. right? And it was just like oh, okay. Do you have faith in Brian Meredith? He kept a clean sheet pieces. I think I te- I think I messaged you guys yeah. and said, "Why don't they just bring what? on all three all three flounders at one time <laughs> if they're going to bring on Mer- Meredith?" What what is your predictions then for Colorado? I think they'll I I have a feeling they'll pick up a win against Colorado. Colorado, I know Colorado's doing really well, but like you said, nobody's really going to be running away with this initially, mm. and I don't see Colorado getting three straight wins. I, I, I just don't see that, so that's why I'm betting against them. At one this point. one draw. I was going to say a draw. I'll go two two then. Two two. I nearly went for. I, but I I reserve the I reserve the the option to change that after I listen to the pregame show with Joe and that's his, fair and his people because they they'll enlighten us all. Just to let you know, I'll be picking against Cincinnati. <laughs> <laughs> Pencil that, and unless you've already, well, I was going to say unless you've already picked that team, but that's probably unlikely <laughs> no, by week yeah, by week three. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, we're going to be back with some more chat and a look at the coronavirus after this. Hi, this is Andy Rose and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. We're all going to die and whatever's nothing We'll all have to face us alone There's a window on earth inside everybody more thoughts like these can make you feel so alone. You're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna die alone. You're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna die alone. All alone. But what if I don't become famous posthumously? Maybe my story's no good. If I can take one possession, it'll have to be my duty When oblivion comes calling, it'll be So cold, you're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna die alone You're gonna die, you're gonna die, you're gonna die alone Welcome back to the AFTN Soccer Show on CITR Radio 101.9 FM Broadcasting from the unceded Muscombe Territory at the University of British Columbia. I, I thought Pete and Diesel were quite upbeat. I don't want people to think that us Scottish folk are that upbeat all the time. So obviously I had to go with another Scottish singer there, Malcolm Middleton. 
one half of Arab Strap proudly wearing their T-shirt tonight. The boy with the Arab Strap. Yes, that song was about Arab Strap. We All I remember about them is I, I, I listened to some of the music back in the day, but in the dorm, when I was doing my undergrad, we used to play that game uh, Worms. Oh, uh, Atomic yes, Worms uh-huh. or whatever it was called. Worms Armageddon. Yeah, Worms Armageddon. Yeah. And one of, one of my buddies would name all of his guys after bands or albums or whatever. So, yeah, the boy with the Arab Strap or Arab Strap was always one of them. Yeah. Fond memories. Arab Strap were a fantastic band. Quite sad and melancholy as that song, We're All Gonna Die, probably would maybe give you a clue. Future Artist of the Month. I should, actually. I've, I've got a wavelength song by them that I've never played, so I probably should. But that song, We're All Gonna Die, was Malcolm Middleton's 2007 Christmas hit. Because, yeah, we're a strange bunch in, in Scotland. From his album, A Brighter Beat. Now, obviously, I am playing that because of all the coronavirus news right now, and we've made a lot of jokes about it these past weeks. That's how we deal with bad stuff in in Scotland. We just make jokes about it. And it is getting closer to home. There's two cases now in Fife, which annoys me because Fife's a big place and they don't tell you exactly where. And it would be like saying, oh, it's in British Columbia. (laughs) Like, where? Are my parents affected? Did I leave it with them? Are these five games going to get cancelled? But if, if the virus does keep spreading the way it is across the world, and especially here in North America, we could see it have a real impact on MLS games, maybe even the, the CPL season. MLS games could realistically be played in front of no fans, which is obviously a situation that FC Dallas have been preparing for for, for a number of years now. <laughs> and I am concerned, obviously, for the Timbers Army because a lot of them look like they don't wash their hands or any any part of their body, really. So, I mean, they, they could seriously be at, at risk. Elsewhere in the world, three players with Italian Serie C side, Tuscany-based Serie C side, US Pianese, They were diagnosed with it last week after a game in Siena, which is in the north of the country. 16 million people now in the north of Italy are quarantined and they face jail if they breach the quarantine and leave the area. The Italian sports minister called Serie A irresponsible because he wanted all their games called off and they went ahead and played matches behind closed doors instead of having a full postponement. And it, it will happen until April 3rd. So uh, all most of Italian sports, not only just uh, football, but all the, all the events are happening yeah, until April 3rd with no fans. Because last weekend, the Scottish women's rugby team were in Italy to play a game and the game got called, called off. off. Yeah. One of the women players then contracted coronavirus from being in Italy, which forced their game at home to France to get called off this weekend. So... I've heard of so many people like they're they're saying oh because uh, when you hear the news they took oh somebody here got te- uh, tested positive they were skiing in Italy mm-hmm. which is obviously north in northern Italy right so there's yeah. a and in uh, obviously I think Switzerland's pretty close to yeah it uh, was right on the border cause yeah. you can go from the Dolomites into so, Switzerland or into Austria so Switzerland is suspending the top two divisions of their football leagues uh, twenty clubs they made the decision um, and, and they're going to be suspending everything until March twenty third. Uh, and they've in, all Switzerland has also introduced a, a ban on public gatherings of over a thousand people. I mean, uh, young, young boys then. should be okay. It's mostly the seventy odds that's getting affected. <laughs> so grasshopper, look up. Mm. I mean, countries around the world. I, I mean, they're they're canceling games and other sports as well. They're I, they're restricting fans in attendance. I mean, these fights okay. We don't get many fans to begin with, so I mean, we should be totally fine. A number of games are going to get played behind closed doors. 
And there's a lot of concern in the UK that a shutdown or closed doors games, it could bankrupt some clubs or at least cause them a lot of financial hardship or, or lost revenue. But people's health is, is first and foremost. The English Premiership, they banned handshakes. They were encouraging people aged over 70 not to go to games this weekend, which was a slight problem for Crystal Palace's manager, Roy Hodgson, who's 72. But there's actually a meeting on Monday between the UK government, sports broadcasters and the sports governing bodies, not just football, to discuss events being played behind closed doors. And I'll be very surprised if they they don't take that decision because it is spreading a lot in the UK and a lot of it has stemmed from people being over on winter skiing breaks in in Italy. In Northern Ireland, the Mid-Ulster League's been postponed for two weeks after a player on one of their teams tested positive. But over here, there's not really been any action taken yet. And Santa Clara, which is San Jose, they advised to cancel it. They didn't. The San Jose decided to play the earthquakes. There was a hockey game too that they almost cancelled as well. But they decided to play that. So there has, that hasn't been cancelled. So money is the concern. It was advised at that point, but they have the right to – if the, the leagues have said if they say that you're not playing, it's banned, then they will, won't play it at that but point. But if they're, if they're just saying we if recommend. If it's yeah, recommend, they're going to keep playing. But until it's a total ban, then they will, they'll do that. They, they, uh, I think reporters are not coming into dressing rooms yeah. anymore. Not, not to be confused with uh, – a nor- a normal game in San Jose. This this stands word full for their their. Uh, well, it might have been because yeah. of that reason. Well, the ultras take their tops off. Uh, they were there. I think I saw lots of tops on. Mm. MLS officials have been in touch with all clubs this past week to talk about contingency plans should the virus spread. The the vice presidency of communications, Dan Cortimon, he's been spearheading the league's response. The players' union are also keeping a, a very close eye on proceedings, and you see the the sad news coming out of Seattle with a growing number of deaths down in round about that area. It genuinely is worrying because of the close proximity from us, the number of people that cross the land border every day as well into Washington, the BC. Yeah. Well, I, I I thought I read somewhere that the U.S. was prohibiting people. Like, if you, they would, one of their questions would be, "Have you been to Iran or yeah. or China?" And maybe they've added Northern yeah, Italy a, to that. A lot of folks and then, turned and, around. and they've been turned back. Yeah. But I mean, if if they then start to say, "Have you been to a country that's affected with the coronavirus?" Because my wife's got this great website that she found, but it's a seventeen-year-old high school student from Seattle, and he's come up with this website that tracks it. And it's updated every 10 minutes as to deaths, cases, who's got better, what countries it's affected. And you're just seeing the number of countries affected grow. And it's over 100 now. Yeah. And, so, and now you get Latin America uh, happening there yeah, too. Yeah, Philippines so it's has ha- just started to get it. It's essentially going to happen. Like, again, we've, people... We've, we've put in the six-foot restriction tonight in the studio here. <laughs> yeah, I kind of wish and, this and mic was six feet away. Yeah, I know. You know, see... Go and, just yell into it from a distance. Yeah, and you're wearing clothes. You're fully clothed. Yeah, I haven't stripped off tonight. Yeah. The thing is, is, is uh, the people that are in danger, and this Seattle Sounders made this statement too, that people who are at high risk, um, older or whatever, older, old, like you said, older than 70 or... Yeah, I think they, they were advised said over to, the, 50, which would rule me out of going to a game. They were basically told to avoid going to the games. People who are sick and are at high risk, yeah. essentially. Yeah. But... I I was genuinely surprised that the Sounders game went ahead this weekend, partly because of 
the outbreak in the area. Big number of folk in attendance. Over 33,000 folk turned up. So again, money obviously plays a big part with that. Well, isn't that less than normal though? 33,000? Well, I think it's average is 40 something. So I mean, it was down. But also a CenturyLink vendor who was working an XFL match in February was diagnosed with it and the stadium was fully cleansed. So, I mean, there's certainly worries. Columbus, they flew in as scheduled, but they flew home immediately after the game. They changed their original Sunday flight because they wanted to spend as little time as possible there. Well, it's, it's Seattle. It's oh, yeah. understandable. But, I mean, money is driving a lot of this. But surely you're getting to the stage now where... You've got to seriously look at playing these games behind closed doors. Or is this just panic? Is it not as bad as, well, as that again, yet? Again, the people who are uh, are really a danger are, are the older people who have already at-risk health yeah, issues. Compromised immune system. Yeah, so those are, they're yeah. the ones that are the uh, most at risk. So it's it, – and I think of the – I think 80, they said 80% of the people will get it and then of that – like 30% will be the mutated version or something like that. And of that, there's a smaller version that will is dangerous for. I think this is the part of the show where we also have to stress that none of us are, are doctors. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm repeating stuff I hear. On, yeah, on yeah, the media, yeah, so yeah. I'm not. No, I, I, I agree. It's going to be interesting. We know that the league has already talked and made plans for what will this look like. Yeah. If they have to... But I mean, the CPL season six weeks yeah. away. And that could have an impact as well because there's a lot of cross-country travel. And... Like I, I've planned to to go down to the games in Seattle, Portland, and San Jose. I was thinking about it this April. year too because I actually and have weekends off now. <laughs> I, I'm genuinely thinking about not going, mainly because I was taking my wife and she's got asthma and she's got a thyroid problem as well. So it's like, do you want to put yourself at risk just to go and watch a football match? CPL could be hit. The Canada game. I mean, who knows. Again, genuinely, I'm like, do I want to get a ferry, a packed ferry over for two hours in a closed area? Yeah, and you're not like you, to sit in your car anymore. You have to just leave go the outside. passenger deck. It's cold. Yeah, don't, don't wear your parking. I've already go got outside. a chest infection, <laughs> which was getting better. And then I foolishly went to two VMSL games last weekend, as I was talking about in the cold, and then I've come back down with it again. So, as but you coughed, as you coughed all over, when you came, <laughs> I've coughed into my armpits. Right. It's all good. And then and you rubbed it on Steve's head. Well, Johnny Russell hugged me last week, and he was playing yesterday. So I mean, it's all fine. <laughs> I mean, it's impossible to know how all this is, is going to play out, but I mean, it could be dying down in April, or we could all be dying by <laughs> April. So I mean, who knows? But let, let's get on to to happier things. Kind of. Because one thing it is going to impact, I think, is the fans' interactions with players. There's not going to be any more hugging. Maybe not autograph sessions. How about the walkthrough? Well, they, they <laughs> have to. They're going to widen it. They're going to widen the area so that the fans aren't in as, as, as close proximity. And that it's is harder totally to throw sensible. the tomatoes. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully they can widen the route for the bus to get through as well. That would, that would help. But as we saw from last week's reception, though, for the players, when the fans arrived at BC Place... It was fantastic. And if the Caps are ever able to have a trophy-winning MLS side, there's certainly going to be a horror alley in the city. It's a football city. It's a city that so badly wants to have a championship-winning sports team. All respect to BC Lions, but the Grey Cup doesn't quite have that buzz about it as a North American trophy. We heard Jake talk about it in the last part about the fans at the march and about that was his big, biggest sort of things he's ever played in front of. And MDS also had a few things to say about it this week as well. Let's hear what he had to say. 
Look, I, I was with, uh, with LAFC and with Carlos Vela. He went to a lot of places where he was received in an incredible way. But never, never in my life I saw a reception like the one we had. Um, so I never experienced that as a coach. Of, uh, it, it was incredible. It was incredible, and it's something that we, you know, you're almost speechless to think about how much you have to give these fans something to, to cheer for. Uh, and that's what we saw on Saturday arriving there, and that's, that's, what, uh, that's why we care so much about this, is trying to find solutions to really give them back because it was a, an incredible situation. I think maybe Ali lived something similar in Iraq. Maybe, I don't know. Or, but it's, it's tough to say. Me, I felt it's like, a, I don't know, it's like a team arriving at the final of a World Cup. It was a very impressive moment to say that that happened in, in, in Vancouver. It makes you think that when, when Vancouver, when the, the club won the NASL, you understand why there was that environment in the city. So, yeah, MDS waxing lyrical and raving about the fan reaction on opening day. Do you think we'll see this, the same kind of reception reaction this coming weekend and for future weekends? Or was it just that there was the opening day, new season smell that, that made everyone come out? Or if, if people paid attention to the LA game, I think you you might not get as much as the first week, but you'll get a little bit better than you, what you might have if they came back with a loss. So I think that makes a little bit of a difference, but uh, yeah, I think the first week is people do come out and then it kind of, it'll taper off a little bit and maybe pick up if they start winning games. Yeah. The kickoff time too is four o'clock instead of seven thirty. So, Oh, yeah. I like those times. I, I wonder if I that's usually do, but it clashes with a VMSL cup semifinal. I yeah. have uh, a big decision to make. I, I prefer the earlier starts. I don't like the seven thirty starts. No, that, that but four o'clock, like, it takes the whole day. Like yeah. your whole day is gone. The well, four I'm, I'm, used to th- no. I'm used to 3 p.m. kickoffs. That's just what I've grown up in. I like four. You're done at six. You get you're home by seven or eight o'clock, and you don't have to worry about Michael like messaging you. Where's the Where's the match report? Where's the match yeah. report? I wouldn't have to message you if you did it before you left the stadium. But I mean, yeah. <laughs> then I won't get out of there. I probably wouldn't get out of there until <laughs> so long then. Now a lot of the new traditions, as we talked about last week, have a lot to do with the breath of, breath of fresh air that swept through the Whitecaps front office this off-season, the appointments of Axel Schuster and CEO Mark Panis. They seem to have invigorated the fans as well, and not all. Many do only really care about what happens on the pitch, as opposed to promotions and things off it, and they just want wins and good performances and entertainment. But new Whitecaps CEO Mark Panis in particular has been very engaging with fans, both in social media and in person. A lot of these new initiatives are coming from him. He's got a wide range of experience in different sports and different countries. And you can be certain there's going to be a lot more coming this season and and beyond. Now, last week we played a chat that I had with Mark Pius during the scrum before the first game about ticket sales. So after that had died down, I got a chance to sit down with him for a little bit of a one-on-one. I didn't want to hog it because there was other folk kind of wanting to speak to him. So I only spoke to him for about six or seven minutes. <laughs> That's a short interview know, for really, me. Yeah. And I also cut out the minute and a half where we talked about East Fife because I genuinely thought no one's really going to care. But I, I liked that he was asking me where we played and all that kind of stuff. It, he, he took an interest in that. I'll quiz him obviously later to see how much he, he actually paid attention. 
But let's hear what he did have to talk about Whitecaps-wise. I know you addressed some of this when you were sort of introduced, but what was it about the Whitecaps? What was the lure of this club that made you want to come here? And has it been what you've expected so far? Yeah, it's been better than I expected, that's for sure. It's a really, really... um super solid organization you know uh, I wasn't here so I can't speak to you know the the elements that led to last season's um, drop-off in performance what I can tell you is when I look at ownership when I look at the front office when I look at the facilities when I look at the stadium look at the whole package um, you know it's a top club and and so our performance hasn't matched kind of the musculature of the club and so I guess that was one of the reasons why ownership reached out and was uh, was asking um, um, uh, people in the industry how it could improve. And the way the you know the feedback that came back to them uh, in this specific instance was um, let's you know reinvigorate the sporting side and the business side with two new leaders. And so that's that's how I got here. And like, you'll never admit to this, I know, but from us watching from afar, yourself and Axel, it's like refreshing. It's a new breath of fresh air. You come across as like one of the best signings the Whitecaps have made this off-season. And I'm not just buttering you up, but that's genuinely what a lot of the feeling is. Tell my mom, Mom, can you hear, when you hear that, I know you're smiling. But part of that is because of how you're interacting with the fans. Yeah. And we've not had that here before. We've not had people on Twitter and on Instagram and you're replying to fans and you're... I, I was one of the folks that was talking to you about donuts yesterday, for example, yeah. on Twitter. So. Oh, I love I loved yeah. the, great, the high press we put on the donut debate. Yeah. It was fantastic. So, yeah. I mean, it's stuff like that. Yeah. Is that just in your nature to engage with the fans, or is that something that you were tasked <laughs> I, to do? I am, a, I am a social media soul, I guess, that was waiting for social media to arrive. So I would have, I would, I would have been engaging like this um, uh, my entire career. There just wasn't a platform for it. And, and listen... Um, people pour their heart and soul into the Whitecaps. God yeah. bless them. God bless you all who do that. And so from my perspective, it's like, we, why can't we have a dialogue? Let's talk about it. And, and here's the thing. I want to be clear. I do not weigh in on wins and losses. That's not my side of the business, okay? My side of the business is, how are we treating you as a fan? What are the opportunities for you to engage and embrace with the club? And then we'll go from there. But, uh, but um, you know, it, we have a sporting director, a head coach, and players who can all speak to what happens on the pitch. And uh, I'm, I'm a big believer in chain of command and protocol, and that all happens on that end of it. So don't be expecting tweets from me saying, great win, or here's here's what happened in the loss. Like, that's not my side of the business. And uh, I make sure I stay in my lane on that stuff. Yeah, your background like really interests me because a lot of people from... I'm, I'm from Scotland, you can probably yeah, tell. Yeah, sure, what um, else? Uh, from Fife, so just... Oh, North nice, yeah. yeah. I was born in St Andrews, so oh, if you're really? a golf fan, you'll... And, and, um, What's your team? Is it? Is it? Is East, it Fife? Fife. East Fife. So they're third tier. Yep. So a small team. It, it's a lot different to here, and a lot different to what it was used to. And like MLS to me is very different. But when I was growing up in Scotland, North American soccer was maybe not respected. Mm-hmm. Did you find, as an American going to Italy, for example, mm-hmm. that it was you had a lot of barriers to overcome? Did I personally have a lot yeah, of barriers to overcome? Because folks say, oh, he's an American. What does he know about this? No, 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 no. In fact, and in fact, I think what you get is you get... Um, um, so let me back up. Are, um, are North Americans better at the business side of sports than the rest of the world? I would say that there's a belief among 
non-North Americans that we are? My response to that is probably not, but we've been doing it a lot longer. So baseball became professional in the 1870s, the NHL and uh, the NFL around 19, 19, 19, 20, the NBA in 1947. We've just been doing it longer. So there is a kind of an institutional knowledge and an expertise um, that North American sports executives tend to have that, that tends to be a little deeper and broader than maybe um, sports executives in other parts of the world. So when I went to Italy, and, and even when I went to, to France before that, and when I went to the UK, uh, always in the professional sport, in roles in professional sports, uh, there was a, a, a like a willingness to embrace the way North American sports operate. I think it's seen as more professional, more stable in so many different ways. Now. Um, and so, so the short answer to your question is no. I didn't. I didn't run into any headwind on that. How long have you been a soccer fan for? Like, when did you first get interested in the sport? And did you grow up supporting a specific team? You know, I didn't grow up supporting a specific team. Uh, when I, I was a, a, it was a hockey for me growing up. Some Bruins fan, uh, and and used to used to, which I know is a bit spicy in Vancouver. Yeah. No, I didn't grow up with a specific team. There just wasn't a specific team for me, right? Um, uh, but uh, I don't know. I mean, it, once you're in the industry. Since the early 90s, I've been following the sport, but with more and more um, interest as time's gone on. And also, you know, the football has, has not just in, the, in North America, but it's professionalized itself all over the world. And um, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's delivered itself through broadcast media in a way that, you know, didn't really exist 25 years ago. So the ability to actually watch the biggest clubs play in the biggest matches in the world, to, to watch the old firm, right, is like that wasn't, that just simply was not possible when I was a kid. Yeah. And today, you know, my kids are raised on it. So yeah, it's just, it's everywhere. It's, yeah, it's everywhere in the most positive way. Yeah, I, can, I can watch my team live on a Saturday morning. Amazing. And right? it's like, we would never thought that. Right. Thank you for your time today, Mark. It's my a God, pleasure talking abs- to you. Absolutely. And and, and again, happy so. to come on your show anytime you want to do it. Whitecaps CEO Mark Panis there, and I know that probably sounded quite arse-licky at, at times, but I do genuinely feel that his signing, if you can call it that, this off-season, is as important as Cavallini's. It might not sell jerseys directly, might not get goals, Cavallini hasn't yet either, but, and points, but what he does with the Caps off the pitch, and this season, next season, I mean, that's going to shape the direction of the club for the decade what's your thoughts on, on what he has done so far how, how are you feeling about this kind of off-season changes yeah I mean clearly you, a lot of work still I agree with you, you agree with your your term earlier it's, it's a breath of fresh air but it's easier to have a breath of fresh air when the, the previous air has been so poor the air quality has been so poor that it's almost like you need to walk around wearing a mask um, but uh, yeah I mean he he's he's doing things. He's they're trying things. Uh, I think you know talking to people who are still engaged in, in in working with the front office on different things. There is this feeling that as much as Axel and especially Panis are uh, helpful and their direction and some of the things are good, there is still a bit of the people below them who connect more uh, more more actively with the supporters are still a bit of in the same old institutional mindset that that from the culture that's been created for, you know, decades before that. And so there's this hope that the positives of Panis will 
become a part of the 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 actual culture of of the people there and they'll begin to see some change on those fronts like right now for me they're not even on the first step right now they're just getting to the first yeah. step they need to get to that first step what is I, the first step what, like the first step to back to respectability oh, yeah, yeah. yeah they're right now they're there's they're, a lot of work they're, to they're essentially done. digging themselves out of the hole that's been uh they've yeah. been in there so far so they they need to get to that first step and then We'll worry about like I, I'm giving them a lot of leash at this point. Like oh, you, you have to, you have to give them a lot right now because they just got to kind of undo all the harm. I want to, I don't want to say harm, but maybe you'll say harm. Well, no, I mean there has been a lot of harm done yeah. because there's a lot of bridges that need built between yeah. the fan base and and the club right now. There are a number of people that I've talked to too, both supporters and football people in the Lower Mainland. Who also feel like as much as this breath of fresh air is good, and you're right, Steve, yeah, they, they need to get back to ground zero so they can actually yeah. build something, uh, that if for both Panis uh, and Schuster, if they're dealing with the exact same ambition uh, approach, that they're eventually not going to be able to, to do much more than was done in the past. Um, and, and that'll maybe not be a problem they get to till a year or two, three down the road, but it's not just the people that need to change. It's the it's the approach, and 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 maybe the approach has changed, and we don't fully get well, I'm, see I'm, all that. I'm but. seeing bits that that certainly look like it's changed, or the culture. Yeah, and so what bits? What, what bits are you talking about? Just the engagement with fans. We've never right. had okay, this yeah. kind of like, engagement. That's fair. Before. If somebody's, as I've noticed a number of times that if somebody complains, um, like and and even if he gets tagged in, or whether he gets tagged in or doesn't, yeah. He'll respond to that mm-hmm. You're immediately. Right. Totally. The, yeah. the public face is accountable now. You're yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. A lot, though, of the perception that supporters are going to have of the club, though, is also going to be dictated by what happens on the pitch. Yeah. So ticket sales will be dictated by that. If the team's not playing good or not making playoffs, fans are going to be more negative just in, in general about everything. But it's, there's a lot of... This is a big job that Panis has taken on. And a good example of that was last week when he talked about he is not used to being in a situation where there's tickets available the day before a season opener. Yeah. Because he was with the Knicks for years. When they were successful. Right, they sold tons of tickets. And Serie A, tickets were sold. And I mean, you've got your ear more to the ground than us, I think, with general supporters. Do you feel that... The general feeling is that a lot of the disgruntled fans are being won over, or is everything that happened in 2019 with the women's scandal and the other aspects still looming large with a, a number of these people? I, oh, I think there's a, a you know a, a bit of everything, but I think a lot of people are happy with both, especially Panis, but and especially some of the things he's talking about in terms of his uh, seeming accessibility via social media. So I think a lot of them are really happy with that. Uh, yes, a number of them are. Um, a number of them are, like you said, going to their commitment or their connection is going to be based on results. Um, but I also, one of the things that is unf- like unfortunate, and this is not just a, my, like where I've been at for the last couple of years, but I've seen it more and more with other people, is within the supporter community, there's a lot of people who've done the heavy lifting who now aren't doing heavy lifting. Mm. And the only thing they care about going to the football is hanging out with people they care about. Mm-hmm. So it's not about it's not even about the winning or losing. It's about going to, to hang out with their 
with, with their friends, and that's a place they yeah. traditionally hung out with their friends and had a good time. So they that they they continue. It was always to do like that, that Swan Guard as well. I mean, yeah, it was just yes. a great place to hang out yeah. before the game, during the game, after the game, and a lot of good, long-lasting friendships we've made and other folk have yeah. made for, from those times. So there's some people who are just doing that, and but but it's been more dire this off season in terms of like there's some people like. I, just so you know, I'm only going because you, you, and you are going. Mm. If you guys are out, I'm not going to this anymore because because uh, of X, Y, and Z. I do think a lot of that again can change if there's a winning team on the pitch, and I like some of the charity initiatives, like Jake Nowinski mm-hmm. is, is doing uh, one for like children. Andy Rose is doing diabetes. one for diabetes. Yeah. Russell Tybert's doing uh, Aboriginal stuff. Yep. First Nations, yeah. That's all great. And it doesn't just feel like it's a cynical marketing ploy. It feels like these three players genuinely care about these causes. And we know they do, especially in Andy's case, because he is diabetic and stuff and things as well. I mean, last bit in this, is there anything you'd love to see the club doing? Community outreach, game day experience, ticket deals or promotions that, that, that they're not doing just now? Or anything you think they should maybe be trying to tap into to, to get the fans back? Yeah, I mean, the, it's good that there's a GA section now, and there, we've talked in the past about some of the reasons why that happened, and more so off air, we've talked about the reasons mm. why that happened. But keep uh, the flags down, the boys. Yeah, sh- sh- shut up. No, um, no, uh, but th- there's still more that needs to be done with that because, like I said, some of the not the Mark Panis's of the organization, some of the people below that are continue just to try and make the supporters a, a part of the marketing arm. And this is a bigger discussion that maybe we'll have at a different time. But there's been some some things that have happened that are like put off the traditional – The supporters have kind of the traditional even North American mindset would probably be a little bit put off by. And so uh, there's some things like that that need to change or uh, – Mark Panis, I think, has the opportunity to speak into uh, and hopefully he will. Um, I mean – I think this is their their goal is to get people into the stadium. So this is one thing I know they asked for feedback over the first game, and I know some people who gave feedback just said you can't want support to happen before the game and then like blare the music where like yeah, people are. Deaf. That's been a problem for a couple of seasons though. The and music's get, been so loud. And I get it's a bit of chicken and egg. And I get that the players want some kind of upbeatness for their for their warm ups, and they the players are the ones, I, from my understanding, who choose the songs. Yeah, I, I but, actually spoke to Nate about the players' choice of music on Spotify and offered to introduce him to Scottish rap. He said no. <laughs> right, but if you really wanted to develop that culture, there's more. I think there's more that can be done there. Yeah, a lot of good talk there. We'll just finish this section with a tweet we've just got in from No Good Boyle. Who said, this disgruntled Whitecaps fan has been won over by Panis for what it's worth. Just needed the club to show it gives a shit about supporters. Doesn't take much. Well said. Anyway, we'll be back with some MLS chat after this. Hi, I'm Ryan Raposo and you're listening to the AFTN show.
you're listening to There's Still Time, the AFTM Soccer Show, broadcasting live from the CITR FM studios at the University of Beautiful British Columbia on the unceded Musqueam Territory. That song bringing us back into, what are we, part four, it looks like. Uh, that song is called L.A. It's by a band called Seldom. They are from the fishing village in Middle Cascadia. Uh, and I don't even know if they still exist, but back in the day, probably around 2001, 2002, they were touring with Starflyer 59 and Pedro the Lion. And I saw them somewhere like, I don't know, the Showbox or somewhere like that. Oh, I've the, been to Showbox. In the fishing nice, village. Nice yeah. little venue. And I picked up their EP because the show was great. The whole show was great. And uh, I have that EP. I can't find it. I think actually it might be gone. So I had to, Steve had to hunt that down. Maybe it's beside it. my Eric Hasley card. No, no, I know where that is. No, no, no. Hey, no. I've never got back. I'm still, I, I, Eric knows about Eric knows. <laughs> Next time. We try to get an Eric Hasley card signed since. Er- 2012 to 2012. Eric, 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 Eric almost made it. Oh uh, yeah, okay. I'll tell you the story there. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, let's know how sidetracked. No. Um, anyways, two uh, parts. Don't we go? So that's uh, that was seldom with LA, and uh, I do love LA, and think I do think that's hard to say. Yeah, uh, I, except I, for the Whitecaps, I don't mind LA either. To to be totally honest, like, I I like a lot of the outskirts and the beach resorts that you may or may not class as LA, like Long Beach. I, I think it's a lovely little what about place. Venice Beach, Sunnet, yeah. Yeah. Venice Beach, Santa Monica, I think, is a, a lovely little place to wander around as well. I might be there. I might, I might be there hanging out with Corona and his virus soon. But <laughs> Joe, that will is. Will you be allowed to land? Yeah, I don't know. We'll see what happens. Mm. But it was a crazy a week in MLS, including oh, games in LA, not just the Whitecaps, yes, but two L- games in LA. Two games in one city. Well, one was Carson. Right. It's not really LA. Right. They're, they're just LA by name. So should uh, should we run through? Yeah. Why not? All the games. Most folk maybe didn't see a lot of the action because after me praising TSN last week for showing so many games, they only showed four this weekend. What was it last week? Six? Oh, more than that. I no, felt I felt was I was about, watching MLS games all, all weekend. Was, I think it was about six. It was like there was four. three on the Sunday. Uh, were there? Uh, yeah. Oh, then there were there four like on four Saturday. Or five on Saturday. No, there yeah. were four on Saturday. So there so was seven, seven and total. they're down to four. Yeah. The two games today, uh, TFC and, and Whitecaps, are on Saturday. No, the Montreal, only games were shown the zone, which I've got, but still. Montreal was the only game I had no access to because of that. It's it was on, on the TVA, TVA yeah. and yeah, I don't know how to get that yeah. right now. Oh, I'll show you some nefarious <laughs> ways. I don't know how to get it legit. Oh. I'm trying to, trying to stay legit with the football watching. We'll talk. <laughs> But yeah, if you didn't have the zone, you wouldn't have seen a lot of these. So if you want to see the highlights, go to MLSsoccer.com. Great highlights. If you've got the zone as well, they have like short highlights for two, three minutes. Did you see each game? Corrigan, Corrigan was tweeting at the zone saying that last week. The yeah, not all the games were available well, to watch. And, and specifically the two Canadian or three Canadian or two of the three Canadian games. You couldn't rewatch them. Yes. The, the, the Vancouver and the Montreal game. Last season, they did them all and yeah. delayed 48 hours after, but now they're just being selective as to. Maybe it's TSN what games has ex- exercised their option for on, uh, online, like uh, on their. Because oh, they, they, de- they, uh, they have on demand features. Okay. Because yeah, yeah, TSN, yeah, you can actually like watch it again on time. Okay. Because they. Uh, I thought someone might. This might not have been an official word. I thought someone said that. They were only they got they talked to them on the phone to zone or something and they said we we only put select games yeah. at full maybe they're only allowed select games. yeah well Saturday night's win moved the Whitecaps into the final playoff spot pending today's matches so we finished the weekend eighth we're level on points with Portland only one behind LAFC Portland <laughs> is seventh 
Seven teams in the West remain, un- sorry, six teams, no, seven teams in the West remain unbeaten after week two. Three of them, SKC, Minnesota and Colorado, have 100% records. I thought LAFC <laughs> would as well when I wrote this rundown, which was not the case, but we'll come to that. And there was a few draws kicking about this weekend, some late drama, some amazing goals around the grounds. We'll rattle through a lot of this. RSL, they kicked off the Western teams in action. We're only going to look at the West. With a 1-1 draw at home to Red Bulls. Second draw of their campaign so far. Red Bulls looked home and dry with the three points after Christian Caceres fired a long, low-ranger past Zach McMahon. Did not look good on that shot. No, he did not. But that's the only goal he let in. Douglas Martinez thought he'd equalised in the 70th minute, but was ruled out by VAR because he'd headed the ball onto his hand on the way to the net. So that, that was right enough but the salty ones got a point with a dramatic 91st minute equaliser the cry latch yeah headed home good release, finish release the cry latch release I the think, cry latch I think it was probably maybe a fair result but well anything where Dead Bull drops points you gotta be hey, anything where Western Conference teams drop points I'm happy as well for the, for the Whitecaps well, I would have been happy for Salt Lake to take all three <laughs> but if you thought that was a late leveller Dallas in the match oh, that yeah. Zach couldn't see legally <laughs> left it even later at home to Montreal. The impact went 2-0 up after Maxi Ruti scored a second-half double. No celebrations? No. Didn't want insults? No. Ondrasek pulled one back for Dallas in the 83rd minute before the impact blew a two-goal lead again because they did that in the CCL down yeah. in Costa Rica in Saprissa. Pepe finished off a bit of a scramble in the box. Rodriguez Pepe? Is that what yeah. that means? Yeah. 96th minute. 96th minute. I mean... Conceding a goal then is just like heartbreaking. But there was 97 minutes played. It wasn't like TFC last week. <laughs> they conceded it after the time added on. Yeah. Now, uh, Rudy obviously didn't celebrate, like you said, but how much, what percentage of people in Dallas even knew that Rudy was a player? For <laughs> well, them? it was. Yeah. In, it was <laughs> give, me, give me a percentage. It was in there. Five. Five percent? <laughs> Steve. So one, one person. Yeah. <laughs> Steve, it was in there in front of their, and I quote, Supporters and and down there the beer guardians. Yeah, or like, oh, he's not very happy. Um, but okay, so yeah, it was not ideal for Montreal, but still a road point, and still, Monami TT has not lost a competitive oh, match for true. Montreal. Three draws and a win. I've been surprised by Dallas because I thought they'd be right down the bottom. And it's obviously very early days, but I mean they're unbeaten so far. I want to just uh, uh, applaud him for showing up for the game last week because it was on artificial turf. <laughs> Now, of note in this Dallas-Montreal game was the performance of former Trinity Western, TSS and Cavalry FC player Joel Waterman. But especially TW. Well, I was going to say particularly TSS. He was developed by Langley Clubs and TW. Oh, just like the Whitecaps didn't develop Alfonso Davies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, it was a very solid outing for Waterman again. And it's led some to speculate that he could be in the mix for a national team call-up, which is amazing, really, considering he was really brought in for depth and he's only playing right now because of injuries. Is, but is he, he seized his Is he young enough to be the Olympics or no? I don't know what it is. No, I don't think no. so. Okay. Probably, no, he won't be. He'll be over 23. Mm. But I mean, he's, he's had a great start to his career. And I'll, I, like, I'll be honest, I didn't think too much of him when he was with Trinity Western and, and TSS, but... He surprised me at Cavalry, and he's really surprised me at Montreal so far. Yeah, I mean, he. I mean, I think his time in the CPL, his one year in the CPL, I think was 
really, really helpful for Fantastic him. development. For him to go to the next level. Oh, the next for, level, the next level. He's admitted MLS is a different level from CPL. The, the next level. We got him. No, to go, we to, the, got him. To, go to the Joe next Oliver, level as a, as a player. And I think he's gone to the, a next level as a player. We'll, we'll, he's in, we'll cut that about a player. He's in a lower league with an American league. I'm sorry, a, le, a same level American league. But Let's not get into all that. There's been a big Twitter debate that I happen to be part of without being part of. Oh, one of those. It's always great when you come back to your Twitter. <laughs> that, that noise, in case anyone wondering, is <laughs> for some reason right now, Steve felt the need to pure out his <laughs> Well, he was scratching his balls. That's fair enough. <laughs> Minnesota, they headed to San Jose, talking of places where you might want to kind of like put some hand sanitizer on. <coughs> and they put in a five-star performance, or at least they scored five goals. They saw off the Quakes 5-2. Some horrific, horrible defending in this one, mainly from the Quakes. Ikepara ghosted past four defenders to head home the opener. The Quakes did tie it up from an Ericsson penalty, which was given on VAR, but then Mini took over. And it was 4-1 and game over by half-time. The pick of them being a, a long-ranger from Gregus, but not the best long-ranger from this weekend. That's still to come. Mm. The lack of marking, though, and the weak goalkeeping, it looks it could be another long season for San Jose. Does Opara have some kind of advantage with heading considering he wears the helmet? He gets more on the ball mm. or something like that? Is this a cowboy Bob Orton thing where he's going to wear the cast the whole time? It didn't really he help pay a check, though, with his yeah, leaders. possibly. Mm. <laughs> Last week's Caps Conquerors, SKC, they routed Houston 4-0. Another season where the Dynamo look like they just cannot play a, a, on their own and away from home. And you've got to wonder what, what it's going to take to turn that around for them. Polito made it 2-2. Two two. Good signing from Liga MX. Nice scorer. Leading scorer. Leading Underrated. Scorer, yeah. Underrated player. It was a nice finish as well to, to open the scoring. Espinosa, Kinda, Shelton also on the score sheet. Polito got an assist and is looking a, a great addition for KC. You've got to hope Cava can get himself up on those levels soon, and I, I think he will. I think once Cava gets that first goal in MLS, he will. All jokes aside that, that, that we've been making. But KC on the whole looking impressive. Maybe Steve was right about them. I'll clip that for later. <laughs> the Caps' next opponents... Colorado Rapids they kept their 100% start to the season 2-1 home win over Orlando who doesn't beat Orlando lovely long range strike another one from their Danish signing this time Yunus Namli opened the score in the 64th minute he looked impressive actually throughout the whole game and the Caps cannot allow him to run at the defence like Orlando allowed him to run at theirs when they meet up next week Chris Muller tied things up with 8 minutes to go for Orlando before Drew Moore Another late goal, 90th minute this time for Colorado. In his return to Colorado. Yeah, rising home, a great header actually, really well taken, unchallenged as well. Something else the Caps obviously need to watch next week, I'm sure they'll be watching that game tape closely. Because in the first two games, the rapid set-piece delivery and just general crossing has looked top-notch. And Kai didn't score in this game, so he usually gets one every two, every yeah. three games. So Oh, he'll be fired up next yeah. week, you know that. And Nico, if he gets, if he gets some time. Yeah. Now, Seattle. Corona hit Seattle and Columbus. Played out a one-all draw at the heavily sanitised clink. <laughs> Jizzy Zardis, I don't know if that's why they had to sanitise it. He jizzed everywhere for the crew in the first half. Firing them ahead before the Sounders thought they had tied it up, only to have another goal for the second week running, struck off by VAR. This time it was Ibarra. Rightly, again. But they did end a point. 79th minute, Rui Diaz penalty... 
literally after an awful handball in the box. It was an awful handball by awful. He just stuck his arm out. I just I don't get this with defenders. Like, yeah. <sighs> it would be nice to have a striker like Rui Diaz in your team. Yeah. Now, today's action kicked off with the third Cascadian team, the Portland Timbers, taking a first-half lead and a lovely strike from Diego Valeri. Now, that turned out to be the only goal of the game. But then Valeri was pulled off in the 60th minute and he did not look best pleased. I think, though, that is probably going to be his role this year, to maybe play an hour and then get some relief to, to come on. It was the first Timbers win in March, apparently, since 2017, because they've really, really struggled to get points on the boards in the first month of the season. Well, last year they didn't play in Portland at all. So in, got to, yeah, but just in general, they've just not... Oh, I understand that, but yeah. last year they didn't play at all. Well, yeah, so, yeah, so that, 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 yeah, that goes against them. Yeah. Now, Taylor Twellman kept going on for a bit in the second half about how the atmosphere at Piggy Park is not as intimidating as it used to be. Well, it was Abe's feels, last uh, game. It did feel a bit subdued, to be honest. And I've never really thought that when I'm there because it's always loud and stuff. But after he said that, you're watching them and they, it, it maybe it isn't as intimidating as it, as it once was and folk know that they can go there and get points. Because I think uh, they've gone from um, kind of like a hardworking, tough team to a really skilled team. And maybe that's just not the intimidating part. Like... They're not really overly skilled, but they're not over. They're kind of like middling hmm. in between. I mean, the, it's like the Galaxy. If you look at the Galaxy from years ago when Keane was there. I mean, and before that with Beckham and everything. Hmm. That was a team you thought, oh, I don't want to go to LA and face that. Formidable. Now you look at this thing and you're like, what? Yeah. Uh, the goal in this game uh, was some poor defending by Eric Miller at right back who kept, yeah. who kept Valeri onside it was the guy that I said might have been a good backup yeah, to come yeah, here yeah so maybe not maybe not but they, it was, was well taken by Valeri oh it was well taken but it was just really poor defending and and lucky for them that that like that stood up to be the you know the game deciding the deciding moment of the match now the final match of the weekend maybe you could say that it's got the goal of the season, but I know we've got a bit of debate as to how well the goalkeeper did here. It was a three-all draw, LAFC and Philly. Philly led three times yeah. in this one. They this, put in a great performance. You're talking about the long-range free kick? Yeah, Glesnes' free kick. 35, 40-yard free kick from a centre-back, rifled home. I do think the keeper could maybe have done better, but it was a hell of a strike. Yeah, I mean... I'm not trying to take anything away from the, the, the quality of the strike. It just didn't look like... I mean, it wasn't as bad as Zach McMath in Salt Lake. But, mm. um, yeah, I think the keeper will be disappointed. Now, it's early days, but just general thoughts on what you've seen from the Western team so far. Anyone really surprising you? For me, Dallas. but And Colorado, I guess, really, as well. The Galaxy is pretty surprising at how bad they mm. are. There was there was questions about their defence from both the LA teams. Yeah, and both you saw LA that teams tonight are. with LAFC yeah. as well. And if they don't make some additions there, I think both teams they really. But but the goats too. I mean, it's, they sold they sold Walker Zimmerman. Yeah, right? like that, that was I don't that know that why was, they didn't replace him. Yeah. yeah, which was the crazy thing. Well, because they sold him so late. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you have they to still have feel time. they've got someone lined up. There's still time. time. I was talking to to Stephen Aiken about this in the. The preview podcast that we did, one of our extra podcasts, $30 a month. No, not 30, $30 <laughs> a year. You can give us $30 a month. $30 a, a year, $3 a month. We will also now accept toilet paper as payment. <laughs> How many rolls? Three? Uh, 18. 
Oh, uh, well, 18. For per month or for the year? Per month. Oh, okay. And you're going to share I, I, that? I'd like to have a few endings. Are you going to share that with the, with the rest of us? Oh, yeah, we'll share the toilet paper around. Okay. But, I mean, it looks – it's going to be a tight west. Every yeah. team's capable of taking points off everyone. It seems like it. Teams are seems dropping like, points th- already. Teams like FC Dallas, uh, I've said this every year. Yeah, sure, they'll win yeah, now. They'll where are they, they going to be in yeah. the summertime? Because every year in the summer, they tend to fade. Yeah. Or or the back half, or like the not the back half, but the final like third or yeah. or quarter this year. Yeah. They, they've been bad, yeah. Three quick things on the MLS away from the pitch I just want to talk about. One, uh, every passing game that I see the the strip with the three shoulder stripes, I'm hating it more and more on all these teams. I didn't like Portland's it. Portland's yeah. looks awful. I didn't like it at the beginning. I hated the fact that everybody had three Yeah, stri- I was like, ah, it's all right, because the Whitecats one didn't look terrible with it. But, oh, man, the more I see it, it's like, this just looks awful. Die Marke mit den drei Streifen. It's part of the Adidas brand, right? There's going to be three know, stripes. There's going to be three stripes somewhere. Yeah, it just yeah, so, why not put it in different spots? They are. No, they're all on the shoulder. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. Like there's someone's two uniforms creeping yeah. up behind I and putting their fingers over. I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's MLS or Adidas or some combination thereof. But with you have Adidas, unless it's like a specialized jersey like Byron wore this mm-hmm. weekend, you're going to have three stripes on on the kit somewhere. Yeah, you can have it different pl- spots though. I that's, know that's what I, that's what would have been fine, but they're all in the same shoulder. When I was a little yeah, boy, I hear you on that, Steve. Little boy grew up in Scotland. To us, <laughs> Adidas, as we called them. Adidas. Uh, the playground rhyme was that it stood for after dinner I did a shite. Yeah. And basically that's, that's what these strips what, are. No. That, that's what we, similar yeah, thing. But yeah. really it, it's it's Adolf Dassler, Adi Dassler. Hmm. It's the guy. Best Adolf to come out of Germany? <laughs> uh, he's the, he's a great, great shoemaker. Nike, I think it's Nike, ha- released some shoes this Why weekend. shoemaker? And I can't remember... What the bra- like? What the name of the shoe was? Just do but it. Apparently, they look like Hitler. Google, Google Nike shoes that look like Hitler. If this doesn't happen, I'll cut this out of the podcast. But I'm pretty sure that this is real, and it wasn't one of my fever dreams. Anyway, the Montreal Impact made a big move this week, bringing Spurs' 28-year-old midfielder Victor Wanyama in on a three-year <laughs> DP deal. <laughs> yeah, I am right. <laughs> that is unfortunate. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy! I'm really glad I didn't imagine that. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know why I'm laughing. That, that's very unfortunate. Especially the the left shoe. Yeah, the, the left, left shoe, shoe really looks like it. It's got his hairline, the hairline too, and everything. <laughs> see, see how long they last on the shelves. <laughs> the sad anyway. thing is, they'll become collector's edition, like like that uh, Fiorentina top. Oh, and your 1938 <laughs> World Cup strips that I got you. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, the impact, they've signed a guy from Spurs, Victor Wanyama, three-year DP deal, free transfer as well, amazingly. A lot of experience at a high level, only 28, great age. That's the kind of midfield signing you just yearn for the Whitecaps. And, and he's he's a holding midfielder, I think, yeah, heard, right? Yes, so, yeah. Like but, a true six. Yeah, yeah. true six. Uh, I, I, was he in... He had issues with Mourinho, or that's why he was let no, go? Or? Well, he hasn't just, played much, right? No, he was out of favour, yeah, uh, and just not, not really playing. The last quick thing we want to talk about, Sebastian Leger. Legit? Legit, even. Sebastian Legit. Babini and Legit. 
probably surprised no one when he spoke about how super frustrating it was to be Zlatan's teammate last season. Did you, I, I, I don't know if TSN or whoever kept on showing the video clip last year from, they were like building, oh, building a wall. Oh, pushes him out the wall. <laughs> so just like <laughs> pushes him out. And he's just like looking at him. Yeah. I, mean, I, I know why Zlatan was he, doing it. It's like, you're not, I, I, I think, don't need you here. I think Taylor Twelman was talking about this today. It's fine to make that statement and it's probably true, mm. but then you can't come out and play the way they've been playing no. this year. Yeah. Like, you got to back it up. You better, gotta, it, better like him back. You can't just be like, oh, yeah, it's nice. The dressing room is nicer, but we're crap. Yeah. Like, you you got to. Yeah. I'd rather have a dressing room full of bastards and, and win. points in the bag. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, after the break, we're back with Football Violence Awareness Month. Hi, I'm to St. Ricketts, and you're listening to the AFTN Soccer Show. That was July Talk, Push and Pull. Good song, Steve. Yeah, that's a band out of Toronto. Tirana. And just have to clarify, it turns out those <laughs> Hitler sneakers are not by Nike, they're by Puma. And Puma is made by Rudolf Dassler, Adolf Dassler's brother. Hmm. I mean, he's not alive anymore. He didn't make those oh, shoes. Oh, they split up kind of thing? Yeah. Oh, I didn't they, yeah, they got in this big fight. And oh, then they... Are you sure he's not alive? I've seen some of these documentaries <laughs> on the History Channel. Sorry, as far as I know, neither Adolf nor Rudolf Dassler are alive. But Best Rudolf to come out of Germany? Uh, I prefer Rudolf Fuller. The reindeer guy from Germany? Well, he's got a red nose, <laughs> yeah. so possibly red was very big. I got to see Rudy, Rudy Fuller score at, at, at uh, Varsity Stadium in 1993. Who did he s- 1994. Who did he spit on? Or did uh, someone spit on him? R- r- in the 1990- he spit on someone. In the 1990 World Cup, uh, Frank Reichardt spit in his hair. Oh, that's what it I was. I have the game on DVD if you ever want to watch. Yeah, I can't do that in coronavirus times. No. No spitting allowed. No. There, there was a great tweet I saw during the week when it was a spoof tweet when someone was talking about the the FA banning handshakes uh, at Premier Games. It's like, when I was a lad, you would just spit in someone's face and that would be your hello. <laughs> and talking of which, that brings us on nicely to Wavelength. And it's a cause close to our heart here at AFTN. It's Football Violence Awareness Month. I hope you've all got your, your ribbons and your your bands on today. We continue it this week with a song from East London band, The Four Skins. song has appeared on a few of their albums. First appeared on their 1983 A Fistful of Four Skins album. And a warning to those listening at work, this song does include 
quite a lot of swearing because I've decided to go for the live version because it just adds a bit more authenticity to it. This is The Foreskins and Saturday. This one's all about you want to go to football. Expecting to see Jimmy Savile on the train. It's how sad I Saturday, Saturday, by the Foreskins there, a band very big in the London football scene, maybe not so much with Tottenham fans, but with most of the other ones, I'm pretty sure they are. But now, it's time for BC's Soccer Web Headline. Not a foreskin in sight, I am sure. BC's... 
PC Soccer Web Headlines is brought to you in partnership with PCSoccerWeb.com, your one-stop site for local, national and international news, reviews and everything you could shake a stick at. Check it out, PCSoccerWeb.com, great website, Steve loves it and he's been perusing it for stories this week. Yeah, um, obviously big news was the coronavirus, we already talked about that, so let's go on to some other news. Portugal. Authorities have conducted extensive raids on Wednesday as part of an investigation into suspected tax evasion in soccer transfers. Um, The premises that they were targeting were soccer clubs, agents, and lawyers. More than 180 police officers, 101 tax inspectors, and 16 magistrates took part in the operation. The investigating uh, transfers and other deals since 2015, and the authorities are looking into whether tax evasion and money laundering occurred. So it's a pretty big... uh, and and Portugal's really and Portugal and Spain both are really into like like doing these raids and for uh, like for example we had all those players and coaches in Spain mm. about the uh, yeah I never had cover fees well a lot of them yeah. settled out of court and they, uh, they paid the fines stuff like Spain's that Spain's good for that yeah <laughs> what what in, in Scotland actually one of the Hamilton Aki's youth coaches got arrested for match fixing as well just a couple of days ago. All basically around him getting a yellow card when he was a player in 2018, and they've well, been investigating it for two years, and they've got evidence now to charge him. Well, speaking of yellow cards, a German soccer is going to be testing the Sinbin sanction for a second yellow card. Like that, um, they're going to be on Friday. It was agreed that they're from a lo- from its local division in Central State of Hesse to test the measure as a pilot project. Uh, test phase will start next season at the district league level. Uh, that's the eighth tier and below for both men and women. A player with a yellow card will be spent will be sent off for a specific time only before being allowed to be on the field if he is shown a second yellow card. So, a player with a yellow card will be sent off if they get a second yellow card. Only a third yellow card will lead to a red card as automatic sending off for the rest of the game. Uh, yeah, Hesse. Yeah, they. they uh, this is interesting. This is like reminds me of youth sport. I remember playing like in community leagues and coaching high school and stuff that. Uh, there were some offenses or whatever that people would uh, would be like, you'd have to take a player off. I remember, I think in high school, I don't know if it was like actually in the rules or it was just yeah. like at the manager's meeting, like if your player gets booked for certain kinds of fouls, you you need to take him off for 10 minutes or yeah. whatever. Your team wasn't down to man, but, um, you know, because you had multiple and, interchangeable subs. And I think, remember MLS preseason, they don't like the player, the teams don't want, the, even the opposing teams. They don't want a team of the opposition play, player yeah, to be down. sent off. Yeah. Or oh, no. like I mean, it yeah. messes up. They want to be training with a full level. Yeah, but I mean, do you want to be pulled off for 10 minutes? No. Only if it's halftime, though. Mm. Tough to get your energy back for the rest of the game. Yeah. So, last story we have here. Um, Tim Howard is crossing the line and going, Again. going back on the pitch as he's joining USL side Memphis 901 I FC. thought he had retired. Yeah, he's coming isn't out of retirement. Isn't it 911? 901. Um, Howard has been sporting director and minority owner of the club, but will now will now combine those roles with his new one as a player. Um, so instead, that's, that's if I bought, a it's club, effective I'd be playing as well. It, it's effective though if he's a co- if he's uh, yeah. the co- a goalkeeper, he could be yelling, "Say, I'm gonna if you don't get in that position, I'm transferring you out of here." What could go wrong with this? Um, his, his statement yeah. was, since my retirement in October, my obsession for football has grown. <laughs> Why, said, he hated it before? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, the desire to win continues to drive me. I love to play and I love to compete. Well, he was with Colorado. This gives me the opportunity to do both. <laughs> so it, 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 uh, 
it's a like I think it's just more of a stunt to get people in. Maybe yeah. the attendance. What is level great. is this? USL what? USL. Oh, actually, talking of USL, give a big shout out to Alan Koch. His Colorado switchbacks. He won his first game yesterday, two one in the season opener. Well done, Alan. Looking forward to following your results this year. They are USL championship. So oh. the second level. Oh, that's wow. why they said he's minority owner. Oh, so he's playing a level above Brick Shea. Yeah, and now <laughs> players. Tim Howard, number one goalkeeper. He's playing uh, a level higher than Brick Shea. Yes, that's a phrase that's not been used for a while. Tim Howard, number one goalkeeper. <laughs> Anyway, that is it for this week's show. Thank you, as always, for listening to our nonsense. Just before we go, did you guys learn anything this week? I learned that there are good Adolfs in Germany. Mm. Herr Meissenheimer? Oh, man. There, yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, there's... Uh, well, I, you, you I learned some Gaelic. Yeah, I learned some... Yeah. Horoali. Yeah, I learned that. What else did I learn today? I don't um, know. I learned that you... you for some reason, like to tuck in a shirt. What is that about? Oh, yeah. What's My Arab about? strap shirt, when I put it on, it turns out it's an extra large. Oh, so it goes on your it's knees? it's like a tent. Okay. I'll just... You look like an old man when you do that. I am an old man. <laughs> no, you're not. There. Oh, that That's much. much better. Much better. That's not that bad. I mean, it has it the wrinkles because you tucked it in, but yeah. aside from it that... It felt bigger when I put it on. No, you look fine. I mean, you could I, have the Marilyn maybe Monroe... bloated. You could have the Marilyn Monroe thing if you're on top of a oh. vent where it just swings up as... Happy birthday. Yeah. Mr. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> That'll be with you as you close your eyes tonight. Anyway, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapSpeed. For me, it's at ZacharyAM. You can find me online at AFT in Canada on Twitter, at AFT in Soccer on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitch. You're on TikTok? I just signed up for those two accounts because I thought we should have an AFT in presence. No fucking idea what they are, but we've got them now. Some, I think it's a clock with our name on it or something. I'm not Twitch is fine. Twitch you can actually stream from if you want stream from there. It's like Live. Mixler. Oh yeah, oh, because yeah, you, you no can't. video stream. You can also find us on YouTube, AFT in Canada. Like, subscribe, dance, sack, dance. Anyway, let's end the show because it feels like it's not going to. Thanks for listening. Take care and more on the caps. Going to your first match is an experience you never forget. The atmosphere of what's going on around the pitch looks beautiful and you always look and go, wow, I'd love to play here one day. If you get the bug, it's going to stay with you for life.